thought is free. From the age of big brother, from the age of the dog police, from a dead man, greetings. is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAG, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public. Um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment for sure. I to say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Yeah, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. folks uh been waiting for a while for this stream and uh, <laughs> adam needs no introduction around here i'm just waiting for him to join the zoom call and we're going to talk for an hour i guess and then um albert is going to join us and we'll just sort of continue the uh, the discussion and i'm i'm sort of i'm inclined to sort of walk adam through the papers that point out the evidence of K26R um, involvement, if we can call it that, and um, we'll see how the how the um, conversation progresses. I see Adam in the waiting room, admit. Hi Adam. I don't hear any sound, but just so people know that you're there. Um, Can you hear me? Yes, now I got you. Um, let me try and put the chat that's not all over your face. And let me do this. Um, yeah, I was saying you, you, you don't need any introduction on my channel, but um, if you, if you want to give a brief um outline of what you do and the trouble you cause um how come how come i don't need an introduction here um well the um i've, I've been lumped with this k26r ashkenazi data set and so 
um, many, many, many people say, I, I need to speak to you. We had a common uh, friend, acquaintance, um, who passed away, David Crocco. And so I, I have a lot of sort of crossover with his audience. Um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, well, so yeah, Adam Green, no more news. I've been online making videos doing streams debates interviews for almost 10 years and my main focus has been religion and politics the two taboo things to talk about at the dinner table but you know mm -hmm. i focus a lot on zionism which in my opinion is just like judaism and and christianity all christians i consider zionist because they believe in zionism they worship the god of zion so yeah, this is. Uh, I, I managed to reach out to Albert, and you know, we sort of did a couple of streams about the Abrahamic deception. And prior to that, um, I did speak with uh, Christopher John Bjorkness. I want to say a couple of years ago now. I remember seeing that you had um, one of my old fr friends, uh, who's not my friend anymore. What's his name? We've read the documents. Was on right. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Oh, you're not. You're not friends with. Uh, remember, John. he got dunked on. No, not anymore. He's he's a Christian. He can't handle. He's a Spurg. <laughs> I love John. Um, the he's a, he's a Zionist agent. He's an Abrahamic agent, if you ask me. <laughs> Just because he's an agent of the uh, the uh, Judeo matrix mm. by being a Christian, yeah, it's um, it's a contentious um, hypothesis. Let's let's frame it in those terms. And the yeah. uh, the issue around you know people's articles of faith, um, it's you're always going to be treading on. Um, landmines uh, I'm sorry to hear that you and um, John are not not speaking anymore I knew about the Bjorkness thing and um, I realised he was pretty um, crazy <laughs> I guess for, for want of a better expression um, this was and I, I, I want to say this was probably around the time that you might have had the falling out with him a good two years ago and I just, I I couldn't handle him. Basically, he he was. Um, well, he gave me his book to read, his latest one, and I I wasn't familiar with much of the terminology and the uh, the just the history, basically, and and the eschatological um, frameworks. And he gave me like two, three days to read it. And he's like, have you read it yet? And I was like, I'm stuck on page three trying to work out what um, everything is. It was a very scholastic work, well-referenced, but it would it would have taken me uh, months and months to work through it. So um, he abruptly cut me off as, uh, um, I don't know what he thought, but it was, it was an odd experience. Um, and... <laughs> I don't know. There's some, there's some odd characters swimming around this domain topic area, and um, you know I've I've enjoyed a lot of the debates I've seen you do. Um, if you if you had to pick one of your best ones, which which would it be? 
Um, I'd say probably some of the more recent ones because the more debates I do, I, I sharpen the the message and mm. get better at uh, with the responses. A and just you know, I continue to learn more every day, so mm. so the uh, the arguments get better. So I, I'd probably say like maybe maybe my recent one I did on modern day debates. It was with a guy named Stewart, and it was just kind of like the basic idea of of Christianity like being a deception and it a lot of people think it's controversial but really what I'm saying isn't anything that most people don't already know and if you just like a straightforward reading of the Torah and the New Testament and like that that's all I'm arguing for really mm -hmm. the the whole idea of the Torah and Judaism is to have uh, Yahweh's the jealous God. His main goal is to eradicate all of the pagan idol worship, all of the competing religions, because he's the one true God, and he wants all of the nations to worship him. And mm. he has his chosen people, the nation of priests, and it's their mission, their destiny, their responsibility, they believe, to be the nation of priests and to convince all of the world to worship their God. Christianity did that with the Messiah. That was always the intention of the Messiah, was to theologically subdue the nations and christianity and islam did that it, the rabbis brag about it so i don't even see where it, any of it's controversial it's just christians will say well well yeah that all happened but that's god's plan uh yeah it, yeah yeah i'm just gonna say that it's, it's again you're you're dealing with um people's faith and so um logic logic doesn't apply to it and you know the best I can just give my example, which is, you know, I'm trained scientist, etc. I should be, um, you know, rational to the nth degree, but I still, I, I still think that there's this super ordinate consciousness that we ascribe the nature of God, Creator, etc. Um, who's uh, who's God? That is, I, I really don't know, and um, it's. Like you, I find it odd that it just, it smells of gefelt fish all the time in the West. And I've lived out in Asia now for going on 13, 14 years. And it, it's... Japan, right? Yeah, yeah. And have you seen the E. Michael Jones Japan clip that I have? No. <laughs> are, no. You, are you able to play clips on the show? Yeah, I can just share screen uh, with you. I'll, if you I'll want. try to look for it and send it to you. It's a great clip. You'll you'll like it. You can add it to your repertoire. Okay. I mean, I've seen you do um, some debates with him. I've spoke with him um, in the past as well. Um, there's another one who's, uh, how should we say, uh, he's got short shrift for people um, who well, aren't Roman Catholic, I guess, if I had to uh, yeah. um, put it succinctly. But um, how did you feel your... You've had quite a number of debates with him, right? I've seen on Killstream, and um, was it? Did you feel you got anything out of it? Oh, oh, my debate with E. Michael Jones. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I got something out of it because there was a lot of Catholics and Christians that watched that, and they were, I'm sure, exposed to some new ways of looking at Christianity that maybe they haven't thought of, and kind of gave some of the arguments as how. Uh, the Catholic Church, the Vatican has kind of played this controlled opposition, dialectical religion throughout history, and mm -hmm. how very important how 
like Christian anti-Semitism is like plays into the game as well. And it's like the, the red herring are the Achilles heel that delegitimizes any real criticism. And it's just kind of like a, uh, a limited hangout way of criticizing Judaism. Like Catholics are really like E. Michael Jones in that debate acknowledged that the one true religion before the time of Jesus was second temple Judaism. So he basically, he's not, Christians like aren't opposing Judaism. They're affirming Judaism and just arguing for their own specific version of the Messiah and the covenant. And it's mm. it's just like two Jewish sects fighting about, you know, um, my, my Who, who's going to get the spoils at the end, basically. And it's this, the same with Islam. They have their own spin on it as well. And, um, you know, they... It wouldn't be so bad, but the, there's a this Armageddon fetishism that permeates everything, and it's like they um, they welcome the, <laughs> the destruction, I guess that we that's going to be meted out. But um, let's see. Did you you were trying to send me the the clip? Yeah, I'm I'm posting it right now. I couldn't find my retweet of it, so I'm I'm just going to post it and tag you in it. Okay. It's uh, it it's, it's E. Michael Jones talking. And, and interesting enough, in the debate with E. Michael Jones, he cites in his book like a top Jewish uh, historian named mm -hmm. Greats, and he describes Christianity as a new form of warfare against the Romans, and that Christianity was the most successful Jewish sect that dramatically changed, essentially conquered, theologically conquered the Roman Empire. Mm, yeah, this, this is where my interest really sort of perks up because you know there's uh well you've done plenty on 9-11 and the role of um israel and um mossad i guess one of better terminology i think it's a bit broader than that but um i think what we're seeing is very much uh, a continuation of that and actually an amplification of probably what was initiated on 9-11 and the latest round was a bio-warfare around that we got a taste of their raw power as they um, shut everyone down, locked everyone in, and then basically forced them to take this novel technology um, that was, uh, well, we can get that in a minute. What's yeah, I, I want to ask you, a lot of it's talked about, since we're going to get into the K26R hypothesis, mm. and from my understanding, that's like the type of uh, studies that Kennedy was talking about, when he made the news recently saying that Ashkenazis are more immune to COVID, correct? Yes. Yeah. So this... and, and, and I, I was curious your take on like, you know, how Israel's being portrayed as like, oh, they're the uh, test, they're the test tube and they're the mm -hmm. uh, guinea pigs and they were the, they're the most vaxxed and they're suffering because of that stuff. I was wondering your take on, on all yeah, of that. I see it as Israel just being like, the first mover and like once they did it all of the other nations followed yeah i guess that's one way i've generally looked at it as um i i 
I don't see Jews so much as a monolith. I do think there's ver various competing factions within the um, different religious groups, etc. And um, I think that there were a few who had inside knowledge um, and history sort of shows us that they don't mind doing their own um, if it furthers an agenda um, and that's a hypothesis that I have to um, accept has some validity um, but you know there's the also when their prophecies um, all over also include plagues too. It, 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 and, and you know that they're, some of them are actively trying to hasten their messianic age. Mm. It, you know, there seems to be some incentive for some type of plagues in, in an end time scenario also. Yeah, yeah. And this is, this is really where, you know, you have to, it may make people feel uncomfortable to be um, discussing that particular aspect, but it's it's it exists. It's been extant. It's in their uh, literature and writings and holy scripture for millennia, and um, you know even even if it's just self fulfilling prophecies that they think they're preempting their their um, them crossing the finish line of the Armageddon fetish race. Um, this I can't ignore it right now because you you have to make a as broader threat assessment as possible but you know not to the point where you just um you become dysfunctional and you you're hyper focused on uh just one one group right so if i was to quickly sort of summarize uh the 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 data as it stands at the moment so i don't know how how familiar are you with sort of lab origin discussion around sars and the i mean i presume you must have come across yeah some. i've heard i've heard people say it was like fauci doing gain of function at wuhan that there was a some Israeli that was involved there or something that was paid off, something weird like that. Do you know who I'm talking about? I want to say like Lieberman or something. Uh, Charles, Charles Lieber was a different yeah, individual. Um, he's actually a, he works in the neuroscience domain, making brain machine interfaces. But uh, yeah, that, that, I don't know how much that was just, uh, he, he wasn't really involved with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but he was based in Wuhan. Um, again, I don't know how much of a solid data point that is in the um, in the bigger picture, but for sure it happened, and for sure uh, he was engaging in uh, all those traits we've come to know and love of uh, the K26R <laughs> carriers, right? Tax evasion, um, you know, double dipping, everything very money orientated, etc. So. Um, and then he, he he basically got off with a tap on the wrist, right? He didn't even he he barely did any jail time. He uh, he he feigned. Um, I think he, I think he said he had cancer, maybe. Um, so he didn't. He did minimal to no jail time. Got a slap on the wrist. What what, what was like the accusation? Because because this was like I remember hearing this story at the very beginning of COVID. People mm -hmm. were talking about him, and I and I vaguely remember all. I, I'm surprised I even got close enough to the name. I said Lieberman, but I guess it's Lieber. So, so what was Lieber, the yeah. situation with him? What was he accused of? What was he involved in? 
so he he was basically part of something called the Thousand Talents program, which is a scouting program that the Chinese have to try to convince top academics to come and um, do some of their work in China. They will furnish them with a lab and uh, a healthy um, monthly allowance, and they hope to get some. I don't know, technology, knowledge exchange, etc. And he um, he was caught. Uh, he wasn't declaring the the income that he was getting from this program on his um, IRS forms, from what I remember. That's that's what they caught him on. But it, again, I don't know how much that was just a fluke of timing. Um, you know the. This this was Trump sort of coming in, and they were they were saying they were going to put their foot down with respect to um, Chinese uh, technology theft, basically, and it might it might have just been um, a confluence of events. I mean, it's fascinating neuroscience if you ever want to get into it and see what they were doing and the brain machine interfaces they're working on. Um, yeah, on the, on the lab origin thing, though, to finish answering that question, like I. I remember that anybody that suggested that in the beginning was they would all call you a conspiracy theorist. And then now like, uh, but then eventually mainstream media and like, you know, authoritative figures started to uh, entertain the idea a lot more. Mm, yeah. Well, they had to, there was a, you know, a concerted small network of um, scientists working in the background and just being able to point out where there were obvious um inconsistencies in the data and you know at, at the time you know i'd you know funnily enough I'd, I'd been visiting korea um in the december i came back got violently ill with something that i've never and i've experienced most of the common illnesses i don't think there's except maybe things like malaria, the tropical diseases. But most, most of the stuff us whites suffer from, um, you can, uh, I've, I've had it, right? And this, this just took me apart. And um, as I was sort of in recovery from that, this, all this stuff started happening in Wuhan, right? And I'm trained for BSL-3, BSL-4 laboratories, primate handling, etc. And um, the... the as we sort of began to focus on what was happening, well, we find out that there's um, groups like Eco Health Alliance, Peter Dazak, that that group that are all involved. These are all essentially um, intent intelligence cut out organisations designed to sort of funnel money, and they're part of um, a bio warfare medical countermeasures industry that has grown massively since. 9-11 and the I'm sure you remember why that happened on 9-11 right uh, are you referring to the anthrax stuff right right so and you know the yeah. <laughs> which is actually one of the big smoking guns of 9-11 I think yes the, all the, the letters saying death to Israel right yeah in sort of clunky capital letters right <laughs> <laughs> Allah Akbar. <laughs> um, and like Fort Dietrich, right, is where they say that was the actual source of, yes. of that anthrax. Yes, Amerithrax. Yeah, I remember the yeah. whole conspiracy around that. 
Mm. Yeah, it's not a conspiracy. That's the thing. Um, well, well, conspiracy, just not, not a conspiracy, uh, you know, theory mm. in the pejorative sense. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, but that initiated this, um, or, or, or the movement. Of, so prior to that, there'd been a lot of work done with respect to biowarfare, chemical warfare, and ramping down that as a, um, means of uh, offensive weapons capability. Right, it was understood to be very much a race to the bottom, etc. And they said we're not going to do this. And um, they would. They had a number of treaties between the main protagonists. And um, after nine eleven, though, they started to ramp up slowly, and they started to look at agents. And if you remember, it wasn't long after nine eleven. Um, the first SARS emerged. Um, there's some debate about its providence um, and where it came from. And But in the intervening years, it just grew and grew and grew and it became a very lucrative area to be working in because you had the inside track with respect to government grants and there was this prioritization of the um of that type of work and uh, above all others right there was this uh, morbid dread that they would um you know I don't know, come up with a super super bug and um decimate the the country and then well i i, I would sum it up this way and just say the, the best case scenario what we have right now is that one of those programs went wrong and we've had like a Fukushima type event right best case worst case scenario is they were poised to release it and poised to follow it on with the technology that they basically mandated on people at, um the cost of their livelihoods, etc. Um, and you know, the well, in all that, I'm sure you're aware, but Israel maintains ambiguity with respect to nuclear, biological, chemical warfare, and it's a non-signatory to those. Um, treaties i know that they're they haven't signed the nuclear non-proliferation agreement mm. and they're always like oh iran can't get nukes you know mm. while they have like stolen secret nuclear program also yes but right. i didn't know they also hadn't signed on to bio warfare treaties yeah so there are two major countries now which do not allow um inspection of their bio warfare facilities so one is Israel, as they're a non-signatory, and after 9-11, the U.S. stopped allowing inspection of their facilities as well. So, you know, this, there's already this wiggle room in which this, you know, there's money flowing in and um, the intelligence agencies are hyper-focused on it and... Um, yeah, I th this is this is why we've ended up where we are right now. And the you can 
so you can take a sort of gestalt of what what's happened and there are i i would argue four main threat actors right so the first is china that's where we first saw it we know they they had active programs etc us five eyes countries were heavily involved working with china free because of the molecular fingerprints and i'll i'll walk you through what they are um we see a fingerprint from Ashkenazi genetics um, being involved in the original OG strains that were released and that were mass injected into people, right? So... Um, Do the vaccine injected into people? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, did you get any? No. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Time would be yeah, my no, advice. no chance. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth is some sort of, uh, you know, like WEF corporate type transnational groups. And any combination of those four are, are, could be at play right now. And that, that this is the issue around this type of weaponry is that it just has um, ambiguity baked into it. Right. It's very difficult to say, oh, you're responsible, etc. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the 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 lab origin. And then, you know, there was all the emails that got released that showed that they were lying. And um, <laughs> it's just how institutes. Tell me more, can you explain more about the, the fingerprints? Like, yeah, I, sure. I was assuming you were saying there was a because I remember seeing the headlines that Ashkenazis are uh, more immune to COVID, and then that's what uh, Kennedy picked up and talked about. Mm, but yeah. wouldn't that mean that that you would see their their fingerprint in the COVID virus and not the vaccine? Well, you would. It, it would be in both, right? Okay, um, it's in the vaccine because they're more uh, immune to it, so they're you they're picking up their immunity in the vaccine. Uh, it's not quite like that. Let me share my screen with you, and we'll. Um, I'll, I'll try and walk you through without without it being. If it gets to stop me, right? If it's if you're um, not grasping something, um, but I'll, I'll I'll try to sort of keep it to the minimum. So very early on in the uh, pandemic. Um, this study came out. So ACE2 coding variants in different populations and their potential impact on the ability of SARS, right? So what they're talking about is its ability to grab onto, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of ACE2 receptors at some point over the last three, four years. That's I actually the, haven't, not that I, not that I recall, but... No, okay, so that's the, that's the primary route by which SARS enters into the cell, right? And whether you breathe it in, whether you swallow it, whether it gets in through eyes or ears, um, all of your vasculature has this um, ACE2 receptor and it's involved in basically homeostasis of blood pressure, right? Makes sense so far? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's all in your lungs. It's it's very much uh, a widely distributed um, system. And 
that so is it's the little receptor on the cell that when the virus uh, interacts with it, it like opens the cell and 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 re uh, codes it in a way. Yes. So okay. the virus will come in close contact to the cell. So you're, you've got the receptor on the cell and you've got the spike protein with what's called the receptor binding motif or domain. It comes in, it grabs on with the receptor binding motif and then a series of um, reactions take place which cause the protein to pull the virus into the cell so that it can unload its genetic material and start the infective process, okay? Um, and so what this study was doing was looking at the, and it's summed up here in this graph, um, it's about as straightforward as it will get. Um, it can get a bit more complicated, I'm afraid. So, um, But what this is as a measure of is Binding energy. So you have to imagine between the um, the ACE2 receptor and the virus spike, the, there's a the amount of energy that's involved to form the the bonds between cell and viral particle. And the higher up you go on this scale, binding energy is the stronger and the more chance there is of the virus binding, squeezing in and beginning the infective um, process. And then you can see it. So it's European, South Asian are most at risk. Okay. Then European. I remember also hearing something about um, uh, people with Neanderthal DNA being yeah. either more or less... Yeah, uh, it's more, um, and this is, um, India has a higher um, ratio of Neanderthal genes, and they, they did get hit very hard, whether how much was due to the medical countermeasures, etc., um, it's hard to say, but they, cert they certainly had a rough time of it, um, especially in the beginning beginning phases um so anyway as we go down the so, so this looks like europeans are like 10 times more susceptible to covid from yes this graph I'm looking in, at. in in again it's it's a very there's lots of other factors that come into this host pathogen interaction but this is a very um, it, it's like a preliminary um analysis and this is all just done um, they call it in silico, so basically it's all it's just computer code, and they they know the molecular sequences and they sort of measure the interactions, the inter, uh, electrostatic interactions, and some will repel. So you just think of it like magnets, right? So you can put the two north poles together, and they'll push apart and flip it round, and they'll snap together. And depending on the strength of the magnet, the more force you need to pull it apart and then as we go down the uh, so this is as it drops down yeah the, the chances of the virus binding decrease there's um, less available um, energy 
to do it and just it just so happens that um ashkenazi one one particular sect within judaism has a fingerprint on the original strain which if we there's lots of ideas out there but but we'll make the presumption it came out of china and the next one is east asian and that refers to um chinese japanese in this in this instance so it's the thing to try to wrap your head around is that there's a, a degree of ambiguity always and you know if you if you're ever going to argue with um someone who is jewish they can argue black is white white is black till cows come home basically no doubt you've come across this if you've um had your debates but it gets a little more um complex than this right so in this let me look for let me find a figure for you to help try and explain this do this one so were you good at chemistry at school, dude? Not really, no. Okay. So, um, what you're looking at on the, sc- on the screen, this big green blob, right? And it's going to sort of rotate slowly, okay? And here there is a number of areas identified in yellow. Um, and the receptor binding motif is hidden in the middle. So, there's a... Genetic polymorphism that's advantageous. I don't know if you can sort of see my cursor bouncing around in there. Mm-hmm. And there are variable loop structures which are um, all, all, they're called class one fusion peptides. But HIV has them, many, many viruses have them. And what they found was in this iteration the og strain was that these variable loops actually had homology with hiv and they come from different clades of hiv so this is pointing towards there being some degree of engineering involved and there is a another what, why why is it engineering because it, it couldn't naturally happen that covid just has some uh associations with hiv uh well the it's a good question and the 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 simple or the simplest way i could describe it is that you could maybe have some overlap the issue is is that you have multiple loops and the multiple loops respond are homologous homologous to different identified clades of HIV. So there are multiple strains of HIV, and so they were they were from each one of the different clades making up these variable loops. It made the variable loops much longer, and the um, and this was sort of jumped on very early in the literature i'll sort of blow this up so you can see this paper here says uncanny similarity of unique inserts in the 2019 ncov spike protein to hiv gp 120 and 
gag, right? So the ones at the top here are the variable loops. And then this one around midway through the structure is um, gag, which is another um, HIV-related um, peptide, structural peptide. And Is this the virus here, this graphic thing that I'm looking at? It's the spike protein of the gra It's just a computer rendering, right? So th this would be an artist's rendition of the virus. And then these things sticking out, that was the part we were looking at mm -hmm. here. Okay. Does that make sense? I see, yeah. Yeah, and if you you can just do uh, electron... In, in our you know, because I see people in the comments, I know some people are, are always, are, there's people with books out that say that viruses are fake, there's no proof oh, of viruses, nobody's ever photographed a virus, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, well, let me ask you this, if you were, if you were in, you were making the decision to go for a biowarfare use, wouldn't you seed the environment with um, that type of counter-narrative and amplify it? That's what really got me pulled into speaking sort of publicly like this was I was just watching some people. They, they were just presenting stuff that was just factually incorrect in terms of the descriptions that they were giving. And I, I just got pulled in um, a lot that way um, in terms of speaking but yes we can um isolate viruses we can pick them out molecularly we can um reconstruct them we can literally read them sequence by sequence now and read sequence out their, their genetics right yeah and so one of the arguments you'll hear from um the no virus camp is well you break up all the um genome into small fragments and then build those fragments back up to come to what's called a consensus sequence. And the technology has advanced to the point where literally they can, it's called a nanopore reader. It's literally the size of a, I don't know, cell phone, basically. And it will read amino acid base by base, sorry, the um, the sequence that you you would get from viral genomes, and so the and it it maps well to the consensus sequence that was delineated from previous generations methodologies, and they all converge on the same um, data point, which are that these these elements exist um you can take them and uh aerosolize them have a monkey breathe them in and you'll induce disease in the monkey that matches the pathology in um humans etc and um you know the it, it was amazing how much time was taken up by People who would who were just saying, oh, it's it's not been isolated, etc. There's no, there's no there's nothing out there. It, it was either it's a flu, bro, or viruses don't exist, uh, or you would have 
the other extreme, which uh, is five G, five G towers. I, <laughs> right, a bunch right. Of people were saying that at first. Yeah. Oh, there's no virus. It's the five G towers are radiating everybody. Yeah, and look, Iran doesn't have five G towers, right? And who who was the country that got hit the hardest immediately after? Really, it was it was Iran, right? Iran, right? And so you know that's another bit of circumstantial evidence that well, key bono in this um right. in, in this scenario and so the so, so the spike protein has an area on it that is related to the ashkenazi somehow right that's where we're at yes basically and i'm going to point to you to a second um part which is also related to ashkenazi which is this so what's called the furin cleavage site which basically allows so this class of viruses do not contain this type of molecular enzymatic ability to be cleaved and allow um and basically it allows for far wider tissue tropism tropism just means more tissues can be infected than you would predict from a normal respiratory pathogen and um tropism that's the believing in tropes so i guess i'm a tropist <laughs> well in, in in the biological sense uh it's, right, yeah. it, it has a different um meaning but um yeah you can steal that one um okay so um even uh the Nobel Prize winner, discoverer of AIDS, um, he found a whole bunch of HIV-like elements in um, SARS. This was he came out very early as well as this first paper. The first paper came out from India, and you know, it, it made enough scientists sort of sit up and realize something something wasn't right. And so, keeping in mind, let me try and do this. No. Just scoot that over there, and I'll bring this up here. Yes, and if we, um, so there have been a, a few papers which have looked at this this phenomenon. This was the first one that came out, and then came this paper. Um, new insights into genetic susceptibility of COVID-19. So in this instance, they were looking at the ACE2 binding region. So think, just think of the top of the receptor, right? The crown, if you like. And also what's listed here as TMPRSS2, means transmembrane serine protease. It's not particularly important that you remember the name, just that what it does is it cleaves the spike and thus allows it to um, fuse with the cell easier and also infect more tissues. And if we look in this paper, um, what you find is, is that Ashkenazi in that furin, sorry, it's this one down here, the bottom one, Hang on one second. Yes, big boy. Huh?
Yeah, don't. Just leave it alone. Use daddy's computer. Sorry, dude. No uh, your computer. Sorry. Um, kids. <laughs> um, congrats on, uh, I see you've got a little baby. I've seen it pop on screen a couple of times, so, um, well done, Adam. <laughs> Just, uh, you need another free. Um, so we can go back, uh, or we can go and look at the, um, this serine protease, this part that cleaves the uh, the enzyme or the enzyme that cleaves the spike protein and you find that Ashkenazi again maintain very very strong what we call advantageous polymorphisms meaning that the interaction between their serine protease and the virus's cleavage site is it's the odds are stacked in their favor. It doesn't mean that they can't get infected. It just means that they're likely to get a lower viral load. So two different functions that are key to infecting the cell, Ashkenazi are the lowest yeah. um, susceptible to it. it yeah. I was going to ask, like, it, before you just explain the second one, and there may be more, I don't know. But I was going to ask, like, isn't this to be expected that some some people would be more susceptible to viruses? Because, you know, people have different blood types, you know, different mm -hmm. backgrounds. People are more prone to certain diseases b based on their genetics or yeah. their ethnicity and stuff. So. I would yeah, say, I, I, like, I, I, what's the chance of this just this just being a coincidence? But now we got two of the functions. Yeah, if it was just one, uh -huh. I would you could just say, oh, it's just luck of the draw. And, right. you know, it's not it's not large penetrance into the Ashkenazi community either. It's it's a it's still relatively it's not like every Ashkenazi has it, but just some. I don't I don't know. We know we know how they're, how should we say, fastidious and OCD like in their um, marrying and um yeah, I've seen stuff like all all Ashkenazi genetics comes from like just a few families at one point. Mm. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Lines. And one of, one of those, I don't know if it's like, if, yeah. can we get it a swab of... back to like one little community or something. Yeah, and that's, you know, there's the potential to be able to do that in, in this scenario, right? Um, which... And we can either dismiss the hypothesis or, or or move forward with it. But I I would argue that if what we have seen over the last three four years, and there's there's no way you can um, think that the world is running normally like you like we got used to. Even after nine eleven, things sort of settled down into a routine, etc. We've watched. The whole world just get picked up again, our face scruffed and our face rub, rubbed in it with respect to who has power, who doesn't, and um, you know the the process is still ongoing. If you want um, my uh, my opinion, so we have these two um, two advant two regions, two lots of advantageous polymorphisms in two of probably the most critical steps in the infection 
cycle, right? Now, this is where, well, it gets, um, should I do this one yet? This one. So another paper has come out, and what they found was is that SARS has decreased in severity, right? We got the Wuhan strain, we had uh, the Alpha and Delta variants that put a lot of people into hospitals, and now most people, if they're coming into contact with Omicron, it's a uh, light um, cold, etc., and, it, and it's very mild. And it just so happens that in this particular set of circumstances, uh, uh, for Omicron, Ashkenazi have the uh, a stronger binding, right? And so it's and your best chance for this type of salvo, for want of a better, if they've fired this and spread it across the environment is to be um, natural immunity is generally going to be the better more robust response okay and but if you can get the natural immunity to one to a version that is less pathogenic and causes less issues physiologically then that's another little um, you know, the, the the dice has rolled in your favor again. And, you know, I'm, again, these, these are just data points and it's important that we discuss them. Um, you know, the issue has been, I've been trying to do this for over three years and it took, and I've had a taste of what you've had with respect to, censorship and payment processing taken away etc all, all, all of those um joyful <laughs> joyful experiences right um should you be speaking out and um so we've so we've got the two receptor binding motif the serine protease site in the most aggressive strains and the mildest strain it has a preference for Ashkenazi, and that gives them the chance to develop a broad natural immunity, which is likely to be protective over um, longer, longer periods of time. Now, the issue with the vaccines, and I don't like calling them vaccines, and I, I promised Albert I would send him the Zoom link, and he was going to join why us. Why don't? Why don't you like to call them vaccines? Because they're not. Um, they're based very much on genetic engineering tools. Um, they are a completely different approach to doing vaccines as most people understand them. Right? So in traditional vaccines, you'll get a whole, either a whole inactivated virus so they'll culture some up inactivate it with something like formalin and then inject that, that into you or they'll take a weakened virus polio is often like that and you develop a, an immune response that way there are subunit vaccines where you take um you make a synthetic peptide that matches one that's on a pathogen of interest 
and you use those to initiate an immune response. And there's arguments about you know, the utility of one versus the other. In this case, what they're doing is they're using um, gene, essentially gene engineering tools to deliver into your body the instruction set to make the spike protein. Um, there's a whole bunch of issues there with respect to the material that makes up the coding nucleic acids, right? So they'll put a synthetic, no, it's not, you, you do make it naturally, but they'll load it with um, pseudouridine and it makes the mRNA stay around for much, much longer. And the, I don't know how much you've heard this, but you know, the lipid nanoparticle that they use has a tendency, it doesn't stay in the arm, right? And this, I don't know how much you came across this with um, discussions that you had where people say it just stays in your arm and then you clear it within two to three days. Um, how will it work? If it doesn't spread to all of your body, you can't just stay in your arm. Well, the idea is is that the immune response comes to the site of locate uh, the site of injection, and in that region, because there's a um, inf inflammatory reaction going on, and there are these novel proteins being displayed to your immune system, your immune system will take those, travel them back to uh, immune regulating organs and then we'll say okay we have to now be on the lookout for this particular protein it doesn't have to go around the body okay um that was the you know one of the if you think that there are benefits that was one of the sales pitches that they um they did for earlier vaccines in with the lipid nanoparticle we know that it will distribute through through the body it has a predilection to go for the ovaries which is disturbing and reproductive yeah so targeting reproductive systems and it basically will express the spike protein that you, you know, that blue blob i showed you earlier and the and it's it's not that it doesn't cause uh, an immunogenic response you'll make antibodies etc the problem is where that site gets it where that spike gets expressed and how long is it being expressed for and it gets it gets darker if there's a um, weapons um, component if there's a biowarfare component and let me, but first off, I promised Albert, just bring, bring him. And well, I might need and, to just stop I, sharing. I've seen, I've seen reports in the news about women's um, cycles being thrown yeah. all out of whack from the, the vaccines. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's m many, many... Um, tells at the moment scientific data points which say that most most of the people who thought that they were giving a you know just a new shiny new vaccine 
and it, I don't think everyone was all in on this as a, as a big mass conspiracy. It'd be too difficult to contain. Um, the um, most people just wanted to get back to normal, etc. And I, I don't, I can't blame them per se. Um, oh, why am I trying to just give me more second? Okay, so Albert can jump in anytime. Uh, yes, big boy. Uh, that's okay. It's okay. Um, so yeah, it it gets worse, right? If uh, any questions so far? No, I've been a I've been interrupting and asking them as they come to me. Okay, okay. Yeah, just feel free to uh, interrupt. So, um, we're gonna have to sort of step up the biology a little bit and um but it's sh it shouldn't be it's not going to be something that you don't know you can explain it in layman's terms i'm sure yeah yeah and so um the so my next question to you would be do you know what mad cow is mad cow disease chronic wasting disease in deer um creutzfeldt yakov disease you know what those are? I've, I've, I remember mad cow disease in the news, but I don't know the details of it. Okay, so these are what are called prion disorders. And prion means proteinaceous infectious particle. And the... Hang on, just admit, Albert. Um, and so there's a layer of pathology that can be induced. Hi, Albert. Hey, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, the guy. <laughs> we're we're right, deep in chemistry. Yeah, let me let me close this thing out. Uh, Al's an expert in chemistry and biology, I'm sure. Uh, well, we'll we'll get into it and we'll see. Um, I mean, I, I briefly explained this with him. I, I think we spent more time sort of debating the um, the Abraham deception hypothesis. So. Um, Chat is saying, "Hail Pharaoh." Um. You're talking about the Ashkenazim super brain. Mm. Don't you realize that we have an increased capacity in occipital lobe for deviousness, deceit, murder, and child rape? <laughs> well, there's the science getting derailed. <laughs> so. Let's... As the Talmud tells us, Kevin, <laughs> the, older, the older will serve the younger, which is the Asaf, who you guys call Esau, the older twin brother, and Yaakov, Jacob, who became Israel. Mm. Uh, well, the, the allegory here is the Gentiles will serve the Jews. Yeah, I, I get that bit. <laughs> I'm I'm not down on the uh, the the literature and the scripture. I'm afraid. Um, sorry. So we 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 went from uh, you know scientific high level stuff right into Talmudic humor. <laughs> yeah, well, there's uh, there's going to be uh, room for more, I'm sure. So, um, do, do you know what a prion is, Albert? 
uh, th- that's the that's the thing, right? Everyone talks about Priam's with it, it's not Priam who was the king of Troy, right? Mm. It's Prion, P R I O N. And let me just see if I've got something. Help, help describe it. Ah, I'm missing some slides. No. I had a more planetary. Oh yes, here. Um, so you can have a virus particle, okay, and studied in the virus are lots of little proteins, okay, and it wasn't until well, you know, the late eighties that it became recognised that there was this infective layer below viral pathogens and that is the what's colloquially scientifically called the prion protonaceous infectious particle and the best way to think about it is that as a protein it's kind of like uh i don't think like an ice cream when they sort of whip it up and it sort of coils right Mm-hmm. And then if you took that ice cream and just sort of squashed it so it had flat surfaces, okay? And so the curly ice cream, that's the normal one, and that will do the what the protein is supposed to do. If it undergoes change into the flat form, what happens is, is it starts finding other proteins that are curly, and causing them to become flat and they build out into what are called, um, well, uh, amyloidogenic fibrils, I guess would be the technical term. But um, there are, well, there's a, there's a, I don't want to, I don't want to get too, um, make it too confusing. But does, does the idea that something smaller than a virus and it's, confirmation change lead to a disease does that seem reasonable to you is it something that's in the virus or on the virus so it can be on the virus it can happen sporadically in the body as well um we we the thing is we're, we're we're very much still finding our way with this um with this biology and and what it means okay so there were the classical prion disorders, so like the mad cow. So maybe if I've got a video, right, I can I can play you this real briefly. Wait, let me share sound. Oh, I'm gonna have to stop the share share sound. Do this. Did you guys hear about that CIA whistleblower? That's blowing mm-hmm. the whistle on uh, Fauci. Yeah, yeah. That's that's something else. Yeah. What is the what is the director of the NIH doing, meeting in CIA headquarters in Langley without signing in and having completely secretive meetings discussing the origins of the virus? Yeah. It's you're not dealing with normal. Um, operating procedure now and again you, you know 
is it all America has um I, I'm I'm not so sure it is. Um, you know, I find the K two six R hypothesis, you know, it's just a, a lot of lightning striking twice in that particular domain. And and as far as I'm concerned, it's a threat assessment that needs to be up there with the Chinese and any other organizations that we think could be capable of pulling this um this type of process off okay so well that's what they do right it's it's worry about the russians worry about the chinese but don't worry about us we're mm. we're helping right, right. It's, hey. it's it's you know look here look there but don't look at us the classical yeah. diversionary distractions obfuscations we see it over and over again kevin and it's it's funny right uh, you know adam comes from like this theological zionism debunking christianity i come from a geopolitical background you come from a scientific background yet we're all here because mm -hmm. that the, the source it's mm -hmm. the same source well there, there there are patterns that are emergent in the data right and again it's incumbent to build as detailed a picture as possible which is why i'm I'm open to all the uh, the theological discussion. Like I said I don't I don't really have a dog in that fight per se. It's it's a fascinating debate um just from an intellectual standpoint, but you know, I'm I'm at ease with my um relationship to God, etc. and mine mine doesn't uh smell of gefelt fish, which is well, Why would a speaking about all these uh viruses why would a loving, intelligent design of an all-powerful God create these viruses that have killed and made so many people suffer throughout history? Yeah. If I was God, I wouldn't have created viruses or parasites. Yeah, well, there's, um, there's a lot we've yet to understand about um, complex ecology and the interactions um, between them. And, you know, there's plenty... You guys, yeah. You guys are just ignorant of the ineffable mystery of the Trinity. Well, there's plenty of you good... You know better than God. He has a good reason to create viruses that... But there are so good viruses. People... Well, I say good viruses. There are... There are there's what's called a virome, which basically just... You, we're immersed in a sea of viral particles, right? Same as bacteria. There's a you you understand that there's a biome you're covered in bacteria inside yeah, and that's out. That's why I didn't say bacteria. I said because there's obviously good bacteria as well. Mm. I said viruses and parasites, ticks, mosquitoes, those type of things. Mm, yeah, they they um they can be annoying. <laughs> that's for sure. So hey hey Kevin, somebody asked me. Uh, I posted our last stream on Odyssey. And one of the one of the comments was, "Are you guys still talking about imaginary viruses?" <laughs> right, right. right. So I said, "No, we're talking about imaginary Jewish gods." Right? <laughs> so, Touche, bro. And, and this is the point, right? Because I understand, you, you know, you don't want to offend the Christian, the, the faithful, and folks. It's not it's not my intent to run you down. Right, but to edify and enlighten folks that this is a trap. We fell into it. We had no choice. 
We didn't make a conscious decision to enter the faith. We were born into it, indoctrinated, right, programmed. And when you get this new information that Adam is probably the foremost authority on at this point on, on the planet, right, and he's breaking it down for you and illustrating how this was a trap, how this was a Jewish psyop to subjugate the Greco-Roman, the West, right? And gives and lays out it connects the dots for you. It's a manipulation to get you exactly where you are. It, it, it reduced to two th two things: soldiers and slaves. And it gives them everything they want: primacy, God's chosen people, a light unto nations, you know, uh, a unique people, and all all the everything else, right? Uh, chosen by Him, etc. Well, when you get this new information, as tough as it is, like I, I like to call it the final red pill, the theological red pill is the usually the last one, right, that we have to take. And it's the most bitter. But yeah. at the same time, if you have an open mind and you say, oh, yeah, you, you know, he is, he connected these dots. This is where we are. This is how we got here. Then you have to be able to change or reevaluate your position. That's mm. all. Now, the people that, that are closed-minded, that want to attack us as whatever, heathens, uh, pagans, your uh, devils, and uh, Luciferians, and Freemasons, and uh, everything, you know, uh, Club of Rome, operatives, Zionists, whatever, that's when we attack those people, and it gets a little dicey, and people think we're running down Christian. Listen, I was where you are seven years ago, okay? But this information, it, unless you ignore it or you're closed-minded to it, that's that's up to you. That's yeah, I and I'm, I, I sort of, you know, coming from a sort of scientific background, you know, I, I used to be a, a predictive religious people when I was growing right. up. Um, and now I'm I'm way more mellow, and I'm just looking who's who's wanting to help in this um, this fight, and whatever whatever you have to do to survive another day in the foxhole, um, you do you. So long as it's uh, long as you're not shooting me in the back, I'm not um, I'm not fast. And you know the well, the, what I want to do is to stretch you to the point where. There are there are disease mechanisms at play, weaponized mechanisms at play that operate way way below the level of a whole virus, right? So this is, you know, point the no virus people here if if you need to. So just for I was so suspicious that it, it's funny how nobody you never hear there's no such thing as viruses until. Uh, the pandemic comes. Right, right. That's what made me know that it's like this is just people trying to say shocking shit, trying to muddy the waters. Well, I, I think they were forth. very deliberate psychological operations that were uh, deployed. Um, they know that they're going to get a whole bunch of people go down that pathway. And then when you go down that pathway, you're not asking who made this agent. Who put the time and the effort in to understand or, or get a handle on these um, pathological mechanisms and 
deploy them in such a way that essentially you got universal coverage, particularly in Western countries, most countries, except for probably the African continent. Um, and as, as soon as you think these things aren't real, you're not looking at who's responsible. And like I say, I think that there's molecular fingerprints that we can look at and say this this points to this threat actor, we should keep an eye on them, them and them, and not not back down from talking about uh, any any of their potential role in in any of this. To, to not do so is just to invite them to do it again. Um, so I'll be right back. I'm gonna I'm gonna run uh, to the bathroom real quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, the uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> my brain's gone to my bladder, and uh, I'm thinking of um, I'll wait I'll wait for Adam to get back, and then uh, you two can um, entertain the crowd, and then we'll get to explaining I'll, this. I'll do, I'll do my uh, my Talmudic impersonations while you urinate, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but you yeah, relieve yourself um, for nature. And you're in that part of the world, though, right? New Jersey, New York, right? Don't, don't you? That's the rotten apple. <laughs> yeah. You can pick up that uh, that Ashkenaz accent oh real quick. Oh, my cool. goodness. I, I, w I was going into work Saturday mornings in the city, and I'd get off at the terminal, and I'd be walking to uh, to where I was going, and I'd be walking through Murray Hill. And the same Jewish guy, right? You know, in, in his black 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 suit, hat, right? He he he. Every Saturday, he'd be he'd uh, he'd accost every guy he would see, and he'd say, "Are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? Are you Jewish?" <laughs> and he would ask me repeatedly, right? Like several <laughs> Saturdays in a row, and I'd be like, "No, I'm not. Why do you need a Jew?" <laughs> and and he told me he's like he was looking to form a minion which is 10 jewish males so they can pray at shul at the temple Kevin. <laughs> well you know are you jewish come come pray I, look i know christians like that and muslims um you know i've i've never had uh no that's not true in in korea i got um hassled by buddhist monks where they're trying to get money from you and right they um, ha they harassed us in new york too they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah they got the, the like that that gold robe yeah the orange gold <laughs> and they want to give you like these yellow shiny cards with some kind of like buddha or some shit yeah on it. yeah right? that's that's exactly yeah. it um yeah. i'm gonna let you guys just sit on the Audience, I'm going to beg your indulgence, and you you inspired me, Adam. <laughs> I've got to, uh, I've got to go to, so I'll be real quick. All right, he's done it now. Rabbi Greenberg, Rabbi Greenberg. Yeah, hey, I'm streaming tomorrow morning. Nice. Um, twelve. Twelve p.m. Nine. Your your time, twelve p.m. Your time. No, twelve p.m. Eastern, nine a.m. My time, because Elon Musk and Ben Shapiro just announced that they're holding a space 
So Elon Musk is going to talk to Ben Shapiro. Where's the rest of the list? And a whole panel of Jews, the who's who of Jews on Twitter. We got some guy from the Simon Wiesenthal Center with 40,000 followers. We got Alan Dershowitz is going to be on the oh. panel. Um, some rabbi with 50 followers, chairman of the European Jewish Association, Rabbi Shmuley-Boteach is going to be it. on there. I knew it. Manus Friedman, he's another popular Captain rabbi. Captain Phoenix said, Adam, thank you. Y you notice who's not on the list? watching your you stream with Davy Croco. Any boys? Uh, Captain Phoenix Norman said, Adam, thank you. Uh, yeah. Gideon I met Levy. Kevin from watching your stream uh, with Davy Croco. Right? Um, this is what they love, Adam. They love the president too. They, they love to stack the deck, right? They're going to have a, a venue, a platform that's completely friendly, right? That's non-hostile at all. There's not going to be any kind of rigorous discourse or debate. It's it's all to ensure a predetermined outcome that's favorable to them, because they cannot survive the scrutiny of, you know, an intelligent goy. <laughs> Yeah, that's and a the dangerous final, thing. Uh, participant is Reuven Rivlin, who is the uh, former president of the state of Israel. Right, right. So I'm wondering, are they going to be calling for a lot of censorship, or are they going to like kind of be like, "Oh, we're we're not like the ADL. We support free speech." I'm wondering what it's going to what they're going to say because also it was in the news the last few days, like a hundred. A hundred Jews signed some paper that to get Elon Musk to address anti-Semitism. Here it is. Uh, X out hate. More than a hundred Jewish leaders are calling for an end to anti-Semitism on X. Uh, if you want to share screen, Adam, you can. Um, so, so basically, basically, what organized world Jewry, Jewry believes is Jewish sensibilities trump our constitution. That's basically what they what they're promoting here, right? Yeah. Well, they want blasphemy laws. Nobody, they don't want any criticism of anything related to Judaism, Jews, Israel, on the internet. Well, well I, I, you say, know, I was yeah. going to say that that actually started earlier with the UN. Actually, with um, they were using Islamophobia as the um, sort of chink in the in the armor that you couldn't you couldn't be disrespectful of people's faith. There was too much Islamophobia and, um, and that's how that started to sort of um, get into those organizations. Christianity has always kind of perpetuated that concept too of freedom of religion, right? Like w w the West, I should say, America, you know, that's one of the, the uh, First Amendment is freedom of religion. But, you know, freedom of religion, what if your religion is that you're chosen by God and everybody else has an inferior soul and that they're meant to, you're meant to, everybody else is meant to serve you or God, your religion says God gave you this land or, you know, mm. certain things like that. We're not allowed to criticize religion just because it's somebody's faith. It's absurd. Mm. It's blasphemy laws. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> we should, we should be backing away from those as quickly as possible because that, that, you know, we know where that ends up. It's just um, tyranny. Yeah. And, and, and I'm basically, wondering what they're going to say. <clears throat> Hold on. I'm wondering what they're going to say, too, because I remember Elon tweeted something like, 
the ADL has nothing to do with Judaism. Like, it's okay to criticize the ADL because they're not Judaism, but, like, is it not also okay to criticize Judaism, you know, regardless of the ADL? Mm. And look, I'll, I'll give you... Uh, I, I lived in... I did my postdoc in Israel, right? And Jews are always fighting back and forth between each other of what they think is the right they do it to each other all the time just you're not allowed to that's the that was my take home keep quiet goy these these matters don't don't belong to you you're not you're not uh what's the, you haven't reached the spiritual heights that we have to be talking about these issues and their attitude towards anti-semitism online they say like we need to you know end it now once and for all they, they use that type of language or they'll say like anti-semitism in any shape or form which like what does that mean they, they, they just the, the the definition that they try to promote everywhere online and all institutions the ihra that's so broad and vague that it really includes anything not you can't talk call them racist talk about their loyalty you know push back or oppose anything that israel does like illegal settlements or you know um trying to take over the temple mount or whatever any illegal bio-warfare programs that type of thing um you know well, you know this... they're all allowed to they're all allowed to blame the democrats and fauci and say they did it so they could win the election or the, or, or they're allowed to blame china and say china did it but if you blame uh, or you speculate another group did it, you know, it's you get written up by the Jerusalem Post. Mm. Yeah. Do you know why which, this which is I so did. important? This, this is so important, not just because it's a fundamental, uh, uh, you know, American right. It's a it's a they're they're sieging uh, the Constitution. Right. And this is one of our fundamental American liberties. Right. The First Amendment is sacrosanct it's it's everything that makes america what america is now why do they want to go after this why do they why or why do they would they take this mantle as policemen of the internet enforcers the truth the new truth ministry the arbiters they have to to suppress the truth of what's acceptable and what's not right and what else? They're the authors of cancel culture. So they would have what they want to impose upon us, besides a buy your leave from the ADL to speak your mind, is they want to be able to control the narrative 100%. They will not allow an honest discussion on Jewish power, on Jewish supremacy, on the state of the world, on their influence geopolitically throughout the globe. They won't allow it. What they want is to give Elon Musk or whoever the Twitter X support a list of people to digitally erase. So they don't want it because they, they can't survive that conversation. Because once you just creak open that door, boy, it's like the dike will flood, right? Everything comes pouring out so that they don't want, they want to avoid that. So they can't have a conversation. That's why they believe and they're committed 100% to censorship, Jewish supremacist censorship. Mm. Yeah. Um, there would be other religions that do it as well. Islam. Um, yeah. 
try yeah. try, try being critical. <laughs> Go burn a Quran in Saudi Arabia. Christianity would burn people for hundreds of years. Mm, yeah, I don't know. They kind of mellowed out the last century or so, right? <laughs> yeah, within the last few. But for for a long time, anybody questioned at all, and and really, they're getting that idea from from the Bible, blasphemy laws. Mm. Yeah, but black, how would black. Americans? How do you think Americans would would react to knowing that organized world Jewry was behind all the global conflagrations, the the, the major conflicts of the nineteenth and twentieth and twenty first centuries, including the the Zion World Wars of one and two, the the murder, the assassination of both Kennedys, right behind nine eleven behind the Babylonian money magic uh, international banker system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They, they can't have this door opened. They have to keep it slammed shut. So that's why they go, their go-to mechanism is censorship. Well, I, I think and, it's going to get... You're an anti-Semite. You can't, you can't believe a word he says. He's a Jew-hating anti-Semite. Mm. Which is why I'm kind of grateful for RFK stepping on the K26R landmine. You, you must have been pretty happy when you saw that he brought that up, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I know people that were working uh, for him, so that I'm presuming the topic did get brought up in in the discussions How did that pan out too i know the media obviously just called him an anti-semite and didn't address mm -hmm. like the truth behind what he was saying but like right. did any did any big science youtube channels or anybody like actually dig into it did it help no. actually expose the idea more to the world or or no, <laughs> no. it was no. uh it's sort of you know it's a quick flash in the pan and in in a way it's sort of it, it it's done and dusted with now and so and no one's going to address it. No one's going to talk about it. And that's, I, I, I'm wondering how much RFK and, uh, I can never remember the name of the, um, priest, not priest. Shmuley? Uh, no. Nah. Yeah, that's him. That's the dude. How'd you say it? Shmuley Botek, right? Yeah. Um, how much that was a uh, good cop, bad cop. And they, they sort of lanced that issue early on in the presidential campaign and it's not going to come up again ever um that's that's probably i think what's gonna gonna happen and yeah it's you know it would have been good for other scientists to look at this data um, investigate it more and you know there's there's data that keeps coming out which shows that there's not in this particular instance, looking at Ashkenazi, but that, that there is a degree of race specificity that seems to be holding to the early computational models of the interaction between virus and um, spike. So, hey, who knows? Did you, did you see the link I sent you of you, Michael Jones? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Were you going to get back into the, the presentation yeah, yeah. about the spike? Yeah. Because yeah. I want to know what else I need to know, because this is oh, important information for the future. There's a whole bunch you need to know, dude. It gets real dark. Um, you want me to play the E. Michael Jones? Uh, I mean, we could save it for later if you're still 
doing it's just 20 seconds. Wait, it's just and 20 seconds. Ah, shut it. Yeah, it's short. Hang on. Um, do we need to see him? Look, man, I find E. Michael Jones really funny. That song he has that they, he's got on Cozy TV. Don't go dying for the gay disco. Um, <laughs> that's pretty funny, man. Priest who uh, was a missionary to Japan. Yeah, that's his anti-West, anti-Edom type of narrative that America is just the satanic the satanic global homo and don't die for it. Don't fight for it. Don't try to fix it. Just it's part of God's plan mm. that Edom's going to be destroyed. It, a lot of Catholics even believe that it, it's part of prophecy that the Catholic church is going to fall. So they, they, their, their defeat, their destruction is a victory in their twisted minds. <laughs> yeah. There's no winning, right? All right. Let me play it. And then, Oh, I didn't set it up so you guys can, You've you've seen it before, right? So yeah, right. I'll just I just want you to see it. Okay, I'm playing it now. Okay. Yeah, uh, I had a friend, a priest who uh, was a missionary to Japan. He said nobody ever converted, and I was giving a talk once in uh, Washington. A Japanese reporter came up to me and she said, "We'll never become Christian because as soon as we become Christian, the Jews are going to take over our culture." So that, <laughs> I guess that's what you're trying to deal with. This is this is fine. You can have your culture. I, I'm I'm a big fan of you, you, people having control of their own culture. But once you stop having children, you got a serious problem. Uh, I had a friend, a priest. Yeah, um, he's spot on in that instance, and the the not having children part. Um, look, nature, nature finds a way, and um, I know that's. I, I, I've debated with Christians, and that's like their argument is without Christianity, without the Bible, we wouldn't have families. We wouldn't be able to reproduce and have children and procreate. I'm like, are you kidding me? All of us are born instinctually wanting to very badly to procreate. Mm -mm, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the strongest drives that there is. Think of all of life that's procreated for, you know, millions of years without yeah. the Bible. It's a, it's it's a nailed on biological imperative. Otherwise, As the honorable Elijah Muhammad said, I must plant my seed in fertile soil. Um, is that from the Bible? No, that's from Elijah Muhammad, the founder of the Nation of Islam, okay. who fathered like half a dozen, uh, you know. Yeah, but that's. that's Kids Mus with like teenage brides, like they weren't concubines. That yeah, was that's the whole Muslims. Like, that... Impetus of him falling out with Malcolm X. That was the that was precipitated Malcolm X leaving the Nation of Islam. Well, that their thing is, yeah. Once conceived, you're Muslim, right? And because it's a religion that's spread, uh, you know, by the by male, I guess, conquest. Um, the it's it's a good evolutionary strategy and the i can you know and, and jewishness i guess or, or, or that as a type of evolutionary um survival mechanism is they become very inbred matrilineal neurotic um super ocd super super paranoid and um you know it's which one has the legs to get to the end the better that that's all nature really cares about yeah, I, kevin i told you on the last stream right like amshel rothschild had like 26 grandchildren that married each other yeah yeah of... yeah 
that's how you keep the wealth bro yeah keep it in the family i saw a clip recently of rothschild like literally saying that about how how much they would marry in the family to keep the wealth in the family like on tape saying that yeah, yeah i know that i know the clips you're on about mm -hmm. <laughs> i should have that too i don't know how i should have that in my uh folder it's uh where i saw it it was a while back some someone definitely needs to be getting a swab of uh rothschild just see if uh they have this k26r polymorphism that's uh that's what i suggest but let me let me push into the um the darker aspects because it go, it goes a little bit beyond um the the virus and it's it's something that you need to be aware of right so i'm just going to play a clip it's from an old documentary in the bbc and it's just about mad cow disease right and what we went or what we experienced i, I was um this is part of my uh formative years this so let's play tell me if you have sound yep mysterious brain disease is threatening the country's cows scientists don't know what's causing it or where it came from but they are worried so far nearly a hundred cows have had to be slaughtered before the disease kills them 32 years ago scientists reported a new disease on a farm in wiltshire the disease that we found was bovine spongiform encephalopathy or bse mad cow disease it was clearly different from most viruses that we were familiar with. This is no ordinary infection. Some scientists believe that it breaks some of the laws of nature as we know them, and thus may be a novel form of life. The cattle were clearly neurologically disturbed. They became erratic in behavior, a lot of trembling, not being able to walk steadily. Gradually, the nervous system degenerates. The brain becomes a bit like a sponge in appearance. And, and death inevitably ensues. With new cases coming in at a rate of over 200 a week, no one disputes it is a dangerous disease. Scientists have never discovered where BSE came from, but within a year, it had swept across the country. Already, BSE has spread to more than 50 herds in 14 counties. We went from the odd isolated case to as many as almost a thousand cases a week. All right, so that sort of gives you an idea of the scale of the problem, how quickly it can sort of get out of hand um, in the UK. Now, the cause back then was they realized, or it was blamed on them feeding back mechanically recovered um, parts of that animal. So like brain, spinal cord, and putting it in their feed. And this was causing the... Um, They're feeding cows to cows? Yeah, they were, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Gotta have grass fed. Yeah, man. The way nature intended. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but even, you know, grass fed, you've got chronic wasting disease in the US, right? You familiar with that? In deer? No, I, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, so this is a huge problem that's spreading across um, the US, continental US, and um, I want to say it's white tailed deer and um yeah they're basically getting the same disorder that you're you were seeing there with the cows and in this instance they think it's a tick-borne um i want to say it was a virus i looked at it the other isn't there conspiracies about 
the other tick-borne illness? I'm forgetting the name of it. Right Lyme. Lyme's disease. That, yeah. that came Lyme's from a lab disease, too. Yeah. I've heard that theory. Yeah, that's from um, oh, what's the island called off uh, coast of? Right, it was an island. Yeah, Maine, and yeah, they were they were doing all sorts of um, experiments on ticks. To the, the tick is the ideal loiter weapon, right? You can fill it up full of pathogens if they'll um, survive in the tick, and then they hang around on leaves and grasses for months and months and the ticks have played a prominent role in biowarfare research it, it's frightening the degree to which it has done and it's all been um plum island thank you Taz excuse it's plum island yeah um the um now the it's a bacteria in this instance borrelia um again you know there's there's lots of evidence would point to that they were aiming to weaponize this level of biology but it's it gets it gets worse right because you know a bacteria you can deal with with um sterilization just um boiling water alcohol whatever antibiotics, etc. There's multiple ways to make an intervention with um, bacteria. Um, there's even ways with um, viral pathogens. Now, prions, the little, so you've got to think orders of magnitude smaller than, well, not, sm not smaller, but like 10 times smaller than the virus particle. There are peptides. Yeah, it will vary on peptide, of course, but think in those sort of, say, 100 times smaller in, in this instance than a virus particle. And what we've come to learn is that as well as this process of the ice cream changing shape and then basically being able to propagate in that form, um current sort of state of the art looks at um, what are called amyloidogenic peptide sequences, which literally you can get fragments of proteins. And I'm going to show you that it can be as little as 20 amino acids long, right? And so the spike protein of SARS, the bit that sticks out of it, that's about 3,000 um, amino acids. And they can, they can get these fragments that cause misfolding of proteins. Now, since mad cow disease emerged, we've become, uh, how should we say, more, more enlightened, I guess. And what we've come to understand is that... Um, Disorders like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Lewy body dementia, all these um, joys that you have to look forward to should heart attacks and cancer not get you, um, are triggered by or, or can be considered prion disorders as well. It's different protein and the kinetics, the change over time can vary, but they're 
integral to the neurodegenerative um, landscape of diseases that we have to deal with. And I'm going to stop there and just ask if you're following what I'm saying, if it makes sense. Yeah. You okay, Albert? <laughs> it's, it's a bit Greek to me. But I understand that uh, you, 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 what the the gist of it is, right? That this is this is being this is not an organically happening phenomenon. Well, no, that's it's more nuanced than that. It is happening okay. naturally, right? The question comes: Have they been able to weaponize at this layer below? where you're making, you know, people are thinking of gain of function viruses, etc., or bacteria or whatever, whatever parasite. But have do they have the ability to go down and hone in or splice in these epitopes, so just 20 amino acids, and know that it's going to have a um, an effect where it catalyzes the formation of the first misfolded protein, which we call the propagon. Once you've got one propagon, it starts a cascade, right? And it's, you know, I would say within the last sort of 10 years that we've been thinking along these lines that you can have these, it's not just the protein itself, that you have to think below. You've got to go even lower and just fragments, like little broken, you know, you can take a glass bottle, right, and smash it on the floor. You can think you've got all the pieces and then you walk around and a tiny, tiny sliver will get in your foot and it will ruin your day, right? And this is kind of the level that we're dealing with in terms of scale, right? All right, so I have a question. Sure. What scientific utility is there in this research besides military or weaponization? So in terms of things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, the normal suite of neurodegenerative disorders, there there is medical reason to be looking in that um, domain. To be messing around with something that interacts specifically with prion protein. So there's the, there's the canonical prion protein, which is actually, well, the name proteinaceous infectious particle came first, but, and then they found a similar protein and it's two different isoforms in the brain and they called it prion protein. Okay, think of it like that. Um, but there are all these other peptides that can do the same process and so from a medical standpoint if you can make interventions in that area then you could potentially alleviate someone's um give them more quality years of life at at the end um so this um and is that working have they developed Uh, treatments from this research for that some they're not hugely 
effective. By the time you're showing symptoms, much of the damage is done and essentially irreparable. And, um, you know, I, I always tell people, look, you, got, you, you have to leave this world somehow, right? And if you survive the, like I say, the cancer or the heart disease or any other myriad ways of taking you out, you, then usually the neurodegenerative disorders will get you, right? And so um, let me bring your attention to All right, so we want to have a look at this paper. Okay, so this is this just came out a couple of weeks ago, and we know that there in the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2 there are what are called these amyloidogenic sequences. You can take the amino acid sequence, run it through an algorithm, and it will say this sequence has a potential for being causing protein misfolding, and it, it'll sort of work along the um, read of the amino acid train and give you a, a, a predictive result. Now, the, the concern here is that prion protein, or the scrapey form, right, that's, that's the technical term for MAGCAL, is prion protein normal goes to prion protein scrapey form. And scrapey just refers to the disease was noticed in sheep for many, many centuries. It was sort of recognized as part of their, um, I don't know, backdrop of disorders that they got. And they, they knew not to eat scrapey sheep brain for some reason. They probably just found out it was bad for you. But um, this, this paper came out and what they found was that this 20 amino acid sequence I'm highlighting here. Um, it's the most efficient in all the amyloidogenic epitopes of SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, which has likely come out of a laboratory, likely the consequence of a weapons program, and is now, we, we've got evidence pointing to it, initiating the most extreme of neurological disorders. Now, does that mean everyone gets infected or, or impacted by this? I'm, I'm not sure it does. Um, but it's the chances of this being in there at this particular time and a moment is, um, again, I would, I would, I struggle to wrap my head around how It it just it it just being a thing of chance, a thing. <laughs> is it is it extra suspicious to you how like Netanyahu and Israel played such like a uh, leading role in the whole reaction to COVID? Also, um, yeah, I was. Uh, how should we say? Um, look, there's a there's a lot of um, Jewish influence in that vaccine world. Um, 
and again how how much are they you know maybe it's maybe it's god's hand at work through them i don't know i'm i'm not in a in a in a position to be able to answer those questions what i can do is look at the molecular biology look at the um the disease profiles that we're seeing and try to sort of forensically work out who could be the threat actor and the threat actor in this instance hasn't just tried to um seed the world with um you know a, a virus that was rough for many and the old and you know did a number on me um but nestled within it is this epitope that in in my mind professionally if this was discovered in your food chain you would you would dismantle that food chain to make sure that it never got human exposure or consumption because exposure to prion proteins is so um unpredictable there's a um axiom in neuroscience which is there is no safe dose or level of exposure to prion protein one one misfolded protein is enough to rapidly cause neurodegeneration now what do we can we look at data and say can we see a signal for if that epitope is is being at play right and one of the things that we would um look for so it's it's very you have to have a specialized diagnostic setup to be able to definitively identify cjd in older people if it was if it was appearing in younger people um it, w- it would be recognized far far quicker and i'll get into what i think we we are dealing with um in the younger cohort but um in most cases people who are already primed will develop typically or what would be classed as alzheimer's or neurodegenerative disorders and that would be their um death certificate code that would be written down alzheimer's or something like this they're not going to bother taking out your brain doing the tissue staining required to um definitively confirm whether grandma in her last weeks was as she really lost it um that was kreutzfeldt yakov okay now um one of the so just find the powerpoint i got a question what do we know about like um weapons programs bioengineering weapons programs like what is the paper trail or like the evidence of the extensive what's going on extensive very extensive and you know this is and it's not just um well it's difficult to say about israel right um historically we know that they've looked for race specific bioweapons in the past um was called project coast um in con- collaboration with south africa um, project coast yeah 
Yeah, just do project like coast, like seaside, and then type in Israel. And I, I've even got the um, uh, founding documents that were signed for the collaboration, if you want. Um, South Africa and Israel? Yep. Yeah, I see that. So the South Africans are interested in damaging the blacks, and obviously the Israelis are interested in damaging the Palestinians and the Arabs. Yes, yes. Right. Now, look, it's very difficult to make um, ethnic-specific bioweapons when there's a lot of homogeneity in the um, in the population, right? So it would kind of, well, I say that, that's that's... In today's world, um, it's far, far easier. But back then, in the seventies, it was beyond the reach of the, the the molecular biology at hand. And the the way you have to think about this particular set of variables is that if they had forewarning or foreplanning that they knew that they were going to be heading down this direction. If you've got a very um, tight, genetically homogeneous group, meaning they're all very similar, it's easier, it's easier to design your weapon of choice to target other people and um, essentially give you, your group more uh, better odds that's that's all you can look at it they can still get infected etc but just the odds are that um are stacking in their favor couple that with um known um countermeasures right so i spoke earlier about how we're in a um post 9-11 environment where they were specifically going and looking and manipulating pathogens in order to develop a specific countermeasure, right? So that if those yucky terrorists in the wherever <laughs> mountains of um, Afghanistan manage to get the molecular tools necessary to develop a, a virus pathogen of concern, um, you're, you're ready to roll out such so that it's not an issue and but is that even but is is that even practical i i mean these are how are these whatever asymmetrical threats even sophisticated enough to develop these type of neurological weapons i mean I, that sounds like a cover story to me um to to be seeing what we're seeing with sars and the and if that epitope, and like I say, you can search for that epitope, there's lots of databases you can look, and you'll find a lot of overlap with peptides that come from different species, and you'll, you'll see all, all sorts of relationships. That epitope is unique to SARS-CoV-2. It's never been seen before, it's never been recorded in databases, and it's specific for catalyzing prion protein into its scrapey form. Right? That You don't lock out on getting that that requires a huge degree of computational capacity 
um, testing capacity. And the other um, element to this is that uh, a, a virus by itself is unlikely to achieve the results that you want, right? Even if it spreads widely and even though it has neuroinvasive potential, we know all this, um, in order to maximize effect, they know that they've got to basically have a binary system, which is one, the pathogen, the virus, and then it's got to be um, sufficient enough to spook people into getting exposed to the other element, which is the gene transfection technologies, where they've made your body express these peptide sequences. And as I explained earlier, it's expressed all through the body. That requires serious resources to be able to do that. And um, you know, <laughs> maybe even be a bit beyond uh, Jewish power. I don't know. I don't know. But but what what we've seen doesn't look um, normal in any way. And as you eloquently put the other day, uh, but it was it looks like they're going for system collapse, right? Okay. It's very hard for me to argue against that line of reasoning in, in the current environment, particularly when I see, and, and that data which I showed you with respect to that epitope being specific for catalyzing prion protein, that's literally just a couple of weeks old and is in preprint stage. That's literally hot off the press and hasn't even been reviewed yet. But the, the potential it has for causing serious harm and so what I, what I would do is I would show you this, which is, are, are there signatures in, in the data with respect to um, a, neuro a sustained neurological assault on the populace? And so this is CDC data, right? Now, we know that the, are you, are you familiar with like the all-cause all mortality metric so just you would have an average taken from the previous five years and then you would just see how much your your death rates from whatever cause are above or below that five-year average you're, you're sort of familiar with that type of um right. yeah mm -hmm. so when if we were dealing with just a respiratory pathogen which is how they tried to push SARS initially. And this is where I first slammed into the, um, the censorship apparatus because I was saying, no, it has a, a predilection for entering the brain. Um, but that's another, another discussion for another day. Um, but that, that, that got shut down and everyone was focused on pneumonia and you're going you're gonna to need uh, venting, etc. And... There's a, in that period, there's this ramping up of death of whatever cause. Now, you would predict that it would, if it was a consequence of respiratory pneumonia, influenza-like illness, that's what would account for all the excess death, 
And if you look, so this is, um, so every death post, what's it, the, okay, I never, I never remember which way the US does it. It's month first or day first with the date. It doesn't matter. It's early 2020, right? And so this day, is a, day, month, year. It's, it's day, month, year. Yeah. Okay. So from the second of... No, it's, it's month, day, year. Month, okay. day, year. Okay. So this is from February 1st, 2022. Right. In this instance, 2022, 2023. And the top three rows are influenza and pneumonia, chronic lower respiratory disease, other diseases of the respiratory tract. And you can see that they form essentially the smallest amount of diagnosed excess death in in these charts like this, right? So you look at a chart like this, you have like an average that will sort of oscillate along, and then you have areas where it will jump above that line, right? So all that death, just a fraction of it, is respiratory, pneumonia, flu, SARS, etc. What it is, so I've underlined here in the red, Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, so it was one of the leading, or the leading cause in 2022. It gets taken over slightly by hypertensive um, diseases. And this category here, circulatory diseases, are, um, should we say, you could, you could just say diseases of, circulation and just categorize them into one oops i think it's doing a a, a save whilst uh whilst it's thinking hey, kevin just let you know i gotta go in like five minutes yeah sure um so yeah that's um that's pretty much the um the data as it stands at the moment and they've by gene transfecting everyone they've put that amyloidogenic or that prion protein specific peptide into people and we don't know where that ends up. Well, putting, it in, putting, it, putting them in through the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that makes people more susceptible to Alzheimer's? Is that? It, potentially. Yeah. There's, a, there's strong. Neurodegenerative diseases. Yeah. Yeah. So long, slow, slow kill. And... Um, yeah. Just because they can't murder us all doesn't mean they won't try, right? Right, right. And this is this is the threat environment in which we're in right now. And I would say this, which is um they don't fight by any rules that we understand. There's no uh Geneva Conventions, there's no Queensbury rules, there's no if you're not going in and bowing and uh, having an honourable, um, so, so what do you think right. is happening next? Because like they're talking about a new wave. In fact, I was wondering. Like, I'm like, did the news say everybody has to wear a mask again? I was at Trader Joe's today and I saw like lots of people wearing masks, and I'm wondering mm. what is going on. Did I miss? Did I miss the memo? Um, so you think they're going to come out with more, new waves, new strains that are more deadly? I think. That it's more than likely that the job is done 
I think it's very difficult for them to try to pull um, what they have done in the last three years, um, particularly in the United States. There would be just enormous pushback. But it's quite possible that they, people have expressed this epitope, and that could begin the catalyzation of these misfolded protein cascades. And I'll be right back, Andy. Sure. And... Um, uh, I mean, I could show you show you another study just from where they've taken mad cow brain, put it into the brain of a monkey, and they have to, just in that instance by taking the diseased tissue specifically and putting it directly in the brain, they have to wait um, three years in order to get uh, results that are reproducible or publishable. So we're on this sort of long long-term trajectory right now and what do i think comes next probably more financial implosion more um, escalation in war um, that enables them to do far more but i think um, if if 9-11 was the opening salvo of these wars whatever they are if, if if there's a metaphysical component to it, um, COVID was the the next round, and they used biological warfare. And like you said, Adam, they they have a predilection for um, plagues. Plagues, yeah. <laughs> they got fi they're fixated on it, right? So. <laughs> No, and you've had rabbis talking about how how this uh, apocalypse is most likely going to come in the form of a virus, right? Mm -hmm. So when you put it together, right, the scientific what you're seeing with these two different strands and they're uh, highly um, immune to it, and their their end time prophecies and their fan fantasizing and uh, their blood fantasies about destroying white Europeans. It, it all, it all comes together. Right. I mean, yep. you, cutting you off really the don't seed, need the language of the cutting off of the seed. Right. You don't need your Sherlock Holmes sleuth hat. Right. To, to put this together. It's uh, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not taking any vaccines from people who are related to anybody who are calling me Amalek. I saw that in the <laughs> comment earlier. Something I always say. If they ha they call you Amalek and they want you blotted out, I would not take any of their drugs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Why would why would I possibly why would I possibly entertain some kind of experimental, never been used, hardly researched, hardly tested anything? I mean, it it, it boggles the mind. You have you have to do. I have no faith. In the medical industry in the pharmaceutical field zero come yeah. on alf you had a i wouldn't say zero you're skeptical of covid but like I, I you know take, antibiotics work surgery, yeah i would take antibiotics work. okay yes, well then you don't have zero yeah i would take antibiotics yes yes yeah, so i keep making the argument that what we're seeing right now is so as they try to instantiate bolshevism a century ago um they're, they're still at the same game. It's the same people, same MO, 
what they've realized is class warfare doesn't quite do it for them. How do you gain maximal control? Everyone needs medical, right? You're going to, I don't know, you're going to need a dentist. You're going to need uh, a doctor for whatever, antibiotics or whatever. But they're going to pull you into that system that way. That's what, that's what I see happening. And they've got, to, they've got to destroy as much of the old system as possible in order to... Um, but, but if they kill us all, how are they, gonna, how are they each going to have 2,800 uh, Goy slaves? Um, well, that's the thing. I don't. I, it's very hard for me to conceptualize that this would be a extinction level event. It would. Could it? Does it have the potential to denude numbers? Yes. Does it have the potential to lead to long term morbidity and illness, such that all you're going to do is lay on the sofa whilst they go around um, instantiating their goals and plans? Um, that, that's that's how I try and sort of conceptualize this. It's uh, all look. There may be. I can't discount the um, depopulation arguments completely. Not not when I see uh, prion protein catalyzing uh, epitope in there that they pushed into and basically took a new tech. Not it's not new technology, but it's never been used on mass like that before. That was for people with cancer and end of life um, decisions to be making about the type of you know last ditch efforts to keep them alive. That's when you would use those tools. But no, they just rolled it out and pushed it into billions of people. And the epidemiological data is saying that we're seeing the increase in. Um, neurodegenerative disorders oh and you know the, and so what happens what happens what happens when the realization dawns on everyone that the vaccine is killing more people than the virus um i think that they would um massage the data in such a way as to make it so it isn't um as obvious you know they're not just going to put it on the six o'clock news and so one of, one of the more important details, and I forgot to mention this, um, is so a lot of this type of weapons research was given space to evolve because they classed it as um, inca incapacitation agents are not illegal under these conventions, right? And if they're saying, well, we, we're giving you, we're doing the work to develop an incapacitation agent that's within the letter of the law so we should be able to do it and so what what's one of the things that we're seeing post the release of the these agents are people who have developed um these long um drawn out illnesses long covid and in this in this instance what we can there's plenty of evidence just emerged in the last couple of years actually that long hauler is essentially it's like taking a young body and mind and accelerating it so it ages really quickly and so that's why people feel um so you know painful and slow and lack of energy and that protein misfolding and inflammation in the brain has started and that could have been another primary um, 
end point with this. That makes sense. Hey guys, so what are you um, looking out for, Kevin? I, I, uh, hold on. I, sorry, guys. I gotta. I gotta run. I gotta head out. Mm, yeah, no. It was, uh, it was, it was a pleasure to meet you, Adam. Conversation. Um, appreciate you having me having me on. Kevin. Yeah. Well, I hope we can do it again, and um, maybe. Uh, maybe uh just some light religious debate rather than the <laughs> this yeah, uh no, but this this is interesting because this is stuff that i like i remember i dabbled in a little bit a few years ago but i haven't thought about it for a while but it's definitely some mm. information that i need to be aware of so i appreciate mm. you trying to explain it to me yeah anytime bro um see you al thanks, see you buddy thanks a lot, guys yep right. easy um so you you were gonna you said where where do I see this going? I think now, that the, what are you what are you looking out for? What what would be what would be coming? Like what what should we be on the lookout for? Well, so what I've shown you with um, the increase in neurodegenerative disorders for sure. The um, so the other big marker is people who are not working because of illness and that's ramped up when they rolled out the the gene transfection technology there was this ramping up of um people calling in sick unable to work and um it seems prevalent in the US it's prevalent in the UK and so that's telling you that you know the backbone of your country the the wealth generating uh, element of it is under disease pressure right now and it's this type of data that i would look for to say is there um are, are we heading or are we looking in the right direction or are we have as dr mccann really just um miss the miss the mark completely and the problem is i just keep seeing more and more um uh, indicators that uh, we're under a sort of sustained chronic um impact on our health the the only question i have right now is how sustained that is going to be and if that epitope is able to seed enough people so that you you push them towards uh this neurodegenerative state and where where are we on the chart are we on the incline plateau or decline oh no no it's going up it's, it's on the it's straight, going it's straight up yeah yeah not straight up but you know sort of um good nine ten sigma change in um these Disorders. So we're, I mean, we're heading into uh, traditional flu season, right? So mm. we should we should be expecting a, another spike, right? Yeah. So you, usually there's a um, periodicity to uh, these all-cause mortality um, charts, and the um, just, but we're not seeing it in the classic pneumonia flu-like illnesses it's just the death keeps happening in um in, alzheimer's in, yeah and 
you know, there's another um, chart which I often show people. Um, let's do this. Do this. So see this chart, right? This is from the UK up till the 30th of June um, this year. And the part to take note of is the bottom sort of left-hand quadrant, right? And so as it moves into yellow and red, these are percent increases above baseline that we would expect in so the first two columns are zero to 24 year old females uh sorry f first column is females and males zero to 24 25 to 49 and then 50 to 64 um again we shouldn't be having 12 in december of 2022 we've got a 26 percent increase in females dying aged zero to 24. that doesn't happen right unless right. um unless something really noxious has got into the environment and this behind the death is all this morbidity you don't just go from um you know robust health to just dying straight away wow right. well well hashtag died suddenly right, right. And, 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 i was gonna say with a caveat right and they gaslight us mm. oh this has always been happening mm. we you know 16 year olds playing soccer or what you guys call it football mm. on the high school a sophomore in high school playing on his soccer team just dropping dead right mm. in, in the, the the prime of his life it's always been happening. It's just not, you know, we're more interconnected now. So we just pick up on all this information right. and they gaslight us endlessly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, I, part of me just thinks they've, they've done what they needed to do. Right. And so now we've got to just sort of wait for the butcher's bill. It doesn't mean that we don't, fight and push back and organize in whatever way that we can um you know i'm involved in sort of legal cases and trying to raise the issue around biological weapons and um because i think that's what we we've just experienced or are experiencing right now and um it's a it's a bad spot to get into when um, there's suddenly millions of more people who are unable, physically unable to work, right? That were working up till, well, it's two years since the vaccine rollout, but, um, you know, that. And this, is just, this is going to grow. This is just going to uh, be compounded negatively exponentially, right? The further we go out, mm. more and more people are going to be dropping dead. Yeah. Well, dead or, or incapacitated such that they're unable to leave, lead the lives that they were leading, right? So are you, are you familiar with what's called chronic fatigue syndrome? Sure. Right. So that's kind of what long hauler COVID is. It's chronic fatigue syndrome that 
if you look at the molecular basis of it, well, yes, there's inflammatory markers, but I would also suggest that there are these protein misfolding processes ongoing in the central nervous system. Um, we have plenty of preliminary evidence that that's the case. The question becomes how much can your biology balance that um, stress on it? And some people are going to be worse off than others. And if you, you know, you've got a tough job, um, you've got to work shifts and you've got to, um, you know, you're, you're paycheck to paycheck and your stress levels are high and all, all these things, your, your, your chances of ending up on that uh, not being able to work pile increases. And so this is where we get into, you know, you're familiar with sort of universal basic income, right? But right. So it may be that they've got to um, destroy the old system, get as many people onto government-controlled central currencies, programmable currencies, and there's your, there's your next control matrix that these people have. Um, so, the, so the, you, yeah, that's that's fascinating. That's a fascinating uh, theory. They're going to incapacitate the population mm. and introduce UBI. Yep. Yep. Right. And that's it, it, be that best, would be one of the better be options. The rationale behind rolling it out. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have an incapacitated society for unknown reasons. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're going to have to compensate them, centralize everything, and this Orwellian Jewish dystopia will be rolled out. Yeah, pretty much. And um, yeah, they they they're prime positioned, whether it's with tech, etc., and just the reshaping of the the world to come. I, I I'm not sure how it looks, but to tell the truth. Um, we would have been so much better if the the Greeks and Romans were the, were the would have just been able to sustain that Hellenistic philosophy, and this whole Abrahamism could have been, you know, I don't set know, aside, mate, set aside, set aside. It might have it might have led to the same. Um, you the, think so? I I, I, think so? I don't I don't think so. It, this, it would. They wouldn't have had this this vehicle to to piggyback on, like. But you would have had a royalty class, uh, the the right. political class still, the um, you know, the the mob are something to be feared and. Um, right. They they would have definitely had their their uh, their their leverage in terms of wealth and power, mm. uh, but they wouldn't have had the the theological you know, base. Yeah. Kevin, we go, we, I keep telling you, bro, we have 50 million retarded, brainwashed, evangelical Zionists that are willing to sacrifice their grandchildren mm. for the sake of Israel. It's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if it had been the Roman Legion still. Um, it been... I, I go with Rome. Yeah, I go. I go with Rome. I I prefer that Rome prevailed. Was never, you know, uh, co-opted by uh, Judaism, and uh, I think we'd be in a different place.
Mm. Well, it, it might look a little bit more like um, Japan, Asia. <laughs> a bit more high tech, a bit more. <laughs> well, well, you know, it, I don't think it would have been as like. Do, do you notice? Do you notice in the West? The whole woke agenda, LGBTQ on steroids, the, the the Bolshevik communist fifth column, the rise of Antifa, BLM, the beta male, the incel, toxic masculinity, all all of these things, right? That that are not global, no, right? No. Russia, China, right? They, they're promoting masculinity. Mm. They're promoting the alpha male. It, they're not demonizing it now. So it, it looks, it feels like we're being set up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're I, being I, primed to be, to be destroyed. Mm, right. From I, within. I can't. Um, it's very difficult for me to dismiss that line of argumentation. And, you know, the, all the time that you were saying, well, you know, it's just um, special interest groups it's the sort of diversity poker hand etc but at the, once they went for the kids the way that they have done in the last um really five years seven years i would say it wasn't that long ago that they um they legalized gay marriage right i want to say it was 2011 right. something like that right right you know and you know what they just did in russia um outlawed it <laughs> You know what they did? Yeah. They, they banned sex change operations. Mm. Mm. Based Russia. <laughs> right? And, yeah. And, and people are like, oh, that's terrible. What if the, the person, you know, you know, they have a right to be whatever they want to be. Do, you, do, do these people even understand what the suicide rate is mm. in post-op gender-changing operation procedures? Mm. They have no idea. No. They're, and we actually have very good data from the Scandinavian countries where, you know, they've right. been very open to, um, well, <laughs> butchering. Well, they started it, right? <laughs> Sex changes started. Sex started in Scandinavia. No, I want to say, you know, the first, like, surgical attempts, I actually want to say were in Germany in the 20s. And it makes sense. Weimar Germany makes total mm. sense. Mm. Makes total sense. Yeah, because you know wh who is calling the shots there, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 And um, those we dare not speak of. Yeah. <laughs> Above a whisper. Let us whisper now about God's chosen people, Kevin. <laughs> don't don't raise your voice to bubble whisper. Well, you know, I I just take the view that. If you can't talk about extant scientific data, biowarfare programs, um, you're um, you're in a serious spot of bother. I mean, I you know you could almost make the argument that ah look you know these faiths have been around for a long time. You of course you're going to hurt people's feelings if you're doing you know but show a bit of uh, um, decorum. <laughs> So respect, yeah. right? right? But but the, the, this immediate factor that we're having to deal with, and mm -hmm. uh, like I say, whatever you think of what happened in the last three years, you can't get round the fact that there's 
upwards of 30 million people not here anymore and it doesn't look like it's slowing down and the moves that they're making are I don't know. It, it, it's it's it, it's chips all in. Hang the consequences. They they they're looking to get through um, to the other side with as much loot and um, loosh as they can uh, harvest. And I don't know uh, if if I was you, dude, I'd be uh, you're blessed in America. I'd be looking to get out into uh, find a nice uh, country uh, side. Uh, Residents and Austria would be a good choice. Uh, it's it's neutral. They're not um, completely, you know. I mean, it's still it's still under the Western Hemisphere kind of influence, but it's a neutral country. They're not a NATO country. Austria would be a, a pretty good choice. It's nice. I've worked in Austria. Okay. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. I've got a funny uh, anecdote for you actually. So. My girlfriend at the time, um, it's, it's funny now I think back, but so you can go to Austria, right? And you can find houses, literally like thousand year old houses, right? Uh -huh. And this, what she lived in, you know, it's like this really idyllic looking alpine. And the grandmother lived upstairs and essentially was, um, bed bound and she she went to school with Adolf Hitler at the same school oh. yeah huh. yeah what, what, uh, what's your <laughs> art school because because you didn't get into art school right hey, but this is yeah. this is going back like like um, pre, like can it, uh like high school or whatever yeah this school. is this is sort of turn of the the century i mean like she was I don't know. God. Must have been like a hundred. Yeah, she's probably pushing a hundred. Completely, like I say, just surrounded in piss-smelling sheets and books. Would feed spiders. Um, <laughs> just, but, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a family anecdote that they had that, um, they were at the same the same school. <laughs> that's something. That, yeah, that, man. That is something. <laughs> I suppose you had to go to school somewhere, right? Yeah. It's, one, uh, one of the most consequential guys uh, of, of the uh, 20th century, for sure. And, um, you know, this, this goes into the whole thing. Like, what do you do? How do you deal with this? This is not, this is not something... That, that just happened. This has been a, a very meticulously planned, long-range operation, millennia in the plan, in, in the execution, and nothing's taken for granted. What's what's the average goy? What's the average sheeple to do? Right? It's it's a it's a real uh, conundrum, right? Mm. I I, yeah. I don't think you can wake those people up, right? It would it would literally take the mushroom clouds and the um, flying glass and third degree burns to wake them up at this point. Right. And right. if you if you're not picking up the cues right now, 
it's it's mad it's mad max uh post-apocalyptic mm. kind of reality right mm. um well, we is just, it if they if they can denude the population down to what they think is a manageable level, um, you get rid of all those upper e uh, Americans and their First and Second Amendments always getting in the way. Just right, just get right. them out of the way. Right, they they, they want to gut our Constitution and uh, they want to call it progress. Right, mm. yeah, it's 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 so insidious yeah you know and, and this is this is where we have to you know if we're gonna die on a hill it has to be in terms of the constitution yeah. okay yeah we we this is a fight that we are we should want to engage in mm. we want to have this fight mm. let yeah. the adl let organized world jury try to strip us of our constitutional rights and liberties and this is a fight we should welcome yeah, yeah, and you know the the simple fact is that, that they've started the fight. You're already in it, right? You've just got to recognize it. And I don't know, but if I was if I was a U.S. citizen, I think I, what I would really be focused in on is term limits for mm -hmm. senators, no more than two mm -hmm. terms. Um, try to I, I don't know every everything should be about just minimizing the um the government apparatus such that you know it's it doesn't have this potential for sort of building up inertia and sort of nestling in and becoming you know deep states well that's that's the key right the 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 um the biggest thing that could help us in terms of freeing us from this you know status quo system would be the elimination of permanent government mm. in in every way shape and form right these these lifers in the state department in the pentagon in the military industrial complex on wall street etc you know um the federal reserve right mm. um but it's it's not gonna you know that that's Taking, we all thought that Donald J. Trump was going to take a wrecking ball to the establishment, and that was such a joke, right? I mean, mm. what, what yeah. a what a disaster! What a disaster! Yeah. But um, it's it's going to take um, a revolution. Nothing. So let me ask you a question, right? So Donald Trump along with a few other world leaders, UK, one of them, were racing to m move their embassies to mm -hmm. Jerusalem. Right. How much do you think that was a sort of um, signal in the, um, in, in the prophetic framework that these people um, operate with? The, um, Jerusalem has been recognized as Jewish, etc. The, as a, the, the, the eternal capital of the Jewish people, Kevin. Yeah. And then, so all, all the craziness we've seen, I just wonder how much that was a precipitating 
factor. You know, you were showing me that, um, oh, it was Zohar thing with a, <laughs> they were sort of claiming uh, they'd, they'd got uh, 9-11 predicted down to the... Right. It, the, it's actually two days off, but, you know, the, if it's two days off, who cares? It's still... What are the, what are the odds? I mean, come on. Mm, Even mm. if it's two days off, please. It's still... It's not God, right? It's not divine providence right yeah uh, donald trump is a bought and paid for agent of zion right his his father before him worked with organized world jewelry worked with the, the kosher nostra in new york city right? donated donated land that became a a, a chabad synagogue in queens that they built on donation so he's had a long history and partnership with the kosher nostra in new york city in, mm -hmm. in new york so should we be surprised that sheldon adelson you know gave him 30 million dollars during his campaign and part of this was part of that was there were some strings attached move the move the capital Recognize the the Golan, the Stolan Heights, the Golan mm. Heights mm. as Israeli territory. Free the traitorous viper Jonathan Pollard. There were some strings attached, and and he he did everything that he was asked of. Which, which would... one was Pollard? That's not the nuclear dude. Yes, yes. it is nuclear yeah. secrets. Yeah, okay. He was he was he worked for uh, naval intelligence and he gave the israelis uh nuclear secrets and they flew him to tel aviv what what you and i would be would would earn us a bullet in the head right mm. from a firing squad he, he's i mean oh he served 25 30 years in jail. well you, you know eventually he got out so they sent him to tel aviv on Sheldon Adelson's private plane, where he was greeted by Benjamin Netanyahu at the tarmac and given a hero's welcome. Wow. Right. The biggest traitor, in, in the words of the CIA directors, the CIA director's own words, the most catastrophic intelligence failure in American history. Yeah. Well, this... but that's okay, Kevin, because we are talking about the indispensable parasite. Yeah, God's special creature, right? Right. Um, I, 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 I keep saying to people, right? You know, from someone who's looking from the outside into the U.S. and you know, I've lived there nearly ten years. Um, but the the chokehold. That Zog oh. seems to have, man. I, I'm. I don't know how to sort of <laughs> push. English, England is the same way. Oh yeah, yeah. England I, I... is the same way. France, Germany. Mm. It's 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 all the same. But yes, it's the the uh, the parasite always chooses the most robust host, mm. right? So America is the soldiers and slaves, even though. 
you guys were this soldiers and slaves in the 19th century, right? The British Empire. You fought you fought the wars for the Sassoons and China and the Opium Wars. You fought their wars for the De Beers and the Rothschilds and the Boer Wars for mineral rights in South Africa. So you guys did your servitude and you continue to do so. But now America the American Empire is the uh the muscle, right? The yeah. Enforcement arm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, who was I talking to the other day? But I was I was just talking about uh you know everything's contracts corporations and that's that's the space in which they operate and uh -huh. finance finance yes <laughs> i gotta forget that one <laughs> right. the um it comes down to th those bits of paper are meaningless right unless you've got some means of backing them up and that's that's essentially what America has um, provided. Is a creating um, nothing, right? There's nothing created. It's just a financial instrument, whatever that is, right? Yeah, it's uh, it ain't looking good at the moment, man. That's it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. So what should we do? Should we embrace the horror? I like to think that you know what. Since since nothing can probably stop what's coming, we are we have to start planning for the after. Hmm. What comes next, right? Yeah. So nobody's laughing at those you know crackpot preppers or the guys that have the bunkers or the mm -hmm. the people that have you know, uh, stored away uh, or, or built some clean water and air filtration system and, you know, sustainable gardens and everything else, right? Nobody's laughing at those people anymore. Yeah, I, w I, would, um, I would encourage people, if, you, if you're of the means to be able to do that, um, do it. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not, um, I, you know, trying to squirrel away a few bags of rice to last a few months um but beyond that um there's not much i can really do there's no i can't i'm not allowed barrels of bullets in japan much to my annoyance and... <laughs> right well japan is very uh you know strict with uh oh god with, yeah the, the cops don't even carry guns in japan yeah right? they do they're little they sort of okay yeah they're um they'll carry on their hip it's like a Two to rimfire pistol. UK doesn't. The cops don't have guns, right? They traditionally not, but there's always a firearms unit on standby all the time. And the seeing seeing police with guns has become normalised in the UK. As you know, they they went from the traditional looking police officer to basically looking like um, Practical, yes, yeah, stormtroopers. Storm yeah, <laughs> that's what we're used to in New York City. They're all tacked out in mm. their bulletproof vest, helmet, riot gear, automatic weapons, and yeah. they have their hands on the, on the trigger. We just yeah. you just gotta hope <laughs> the safety's on, you know. Yeah, yeah, and the it's unnerving. I, I never I never got used to it. I, I was always. <laughs> 
I was, I was, I was in New York um, three years ago now, and I was I was waiting. To, I was giving a lecture, and um, the I had some time just to kill, and there was just like I don't know. There's so many skyscrapers there, but just some dudes, police officers, just nonchalantly hanging out, and you know, it wasn't like they'd got the old cast off. AR-15s, you know, they had all these collapsible stocks and... Right. <laughs> Serious. Like, heavy-duty, heavy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got some, you know, firepower for sure. Yeah, and, like, they all had them on, like, those sort of... I don't... It's not like a traditional sort of rifle strap, yeah. right? It's sort of like this hook, like, over one shoulder and sort of dangles down yeah, the, the strap. Strap, right. the strap and, and, it's, and it's definitely an automatic weapon, for sure. Mm, mm. And, yeah, they were, they were just sort of chilling there and talking, and I, I, I snapped a picture of it. I was just like, dang, man, this... I, I don't remember this when I previously lived in America. I don't remember the police being so militarized. And this is the new normal for us. It's been mm. it's been this way for twenty three years since nine eleven. Yeah, and look, I, 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 all what we're seeing, I think, goes back to I don't know wherever you want to take the cutoff, but for sure, nine eleven was a um, ignition point for where sure. we are today. Sure, um, right. And you know. their, their their fingerprints are all over it, right? Mm. It, all of these, all of these events, this whole, this entire cr historical chronology, you can connect the dots. Mm. You know, the 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 Spanish American War, the Maine, the uh, the conflagrations, the Kennedy assassination, the you know Andrew, ja even Andrew Jackson, even the Civil War, the British had were up to their eyeballs in it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> My country, dude, is um, yeah. They've 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 been at, at front and center of all this for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. it goes goes mm -hmm. back a long way. Um, British Israelism. Yeah. Oh, even even prior to that, and you know this. Um, you can. It's it's just one of those you know funny coincidences again, which is, um, sixteen sixty six. Is uh, right, and um, but also at the same time as that, uh, the Great Fire of London happened, and during nice. the Great Fire of London, they established something called the Seca Levy Act, which was the instantiation of essentially Admiralty law, where you are you're considered salvage. The laws of the sea apply to you until you say you demand not to be salvage. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of sort of legal loopholes. But Oh, what is that, maritime law? Yeah, yeah, it's that. that's the best and way to say it. wasn't there a plague right around there? Uh, there was, yeah, that was going on as well. And um, But the the city burning down and the, that law getting... <laughs> And I want to say, I want to say, Cromwell had just not long let them back oh, in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Emancipated the Jews. Yeah. Um, let me just check the dates on that. Right. But um, yeah, all all sorts went down at that um, 
1656. So literally 10 years prior to that, <laughs> they get invited back in. Next thing you know, Capital City is on fire. The <laughs> the Magna Carta has been turned upside down and you're right. all you're all salvage um, there for the crown. And you, you want to go back like whatever, another, I don't know, was it a thousand years or, or 1500 years? In the Library of Alexandria burning, right? Um, so... You know, I I got it into my head that it was Muslims that burnt the Library of Alexandria. No, the Muslim Islam wasn't invented yet. Yeah, it, it, what, pre, what? it predates Islam. It, it was the early it was the early Christians who were basically Jews. Okay, that that burned the Library of Alexandria down. You're, you're, you're and kin, bro. <laughs> Why? Because they didn't. No, I was saying it's your kith and kin. Your uh... they don't want the competition. They want to. They wanted to erase all pre-Christian, pre-Abrahamic knowledge. Now, all, the, all the all the knowledge of the pagan, pre-Christian world, the Hellenistic. Uh, I swear to God, there was a there was an Islamic version of that as well. Of them burning. Islam, well, Islam doesn't. Well, the Library of Baghdad, the Mongols destroyed that. It was that in the thirteenth century. Um, someone, someone in the chat maybe knows, but um, the I know the Mongols burned the Library of Baghdad in the when they sacked Baghdad in the thirteenth century. Mm. But I, I remember just. I don't know. It's me wrapped up in my uh, my, my rampant Islamophobia I had as a. <laughs> you got a, you got a real hard on for the Muslims. I get. Uh, well, you know, it was. Uh, look, I married into a Muslim family in the end. Um, Did uh, you? Yeah, yeah. My well, my wife is half Japanese, half Pakistani. Um, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Mm. But your 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 kids aren't in the faith, right? No, no. Um, I I do have them do uh, Bible lessons once a week because I'm sort of, ah, you know, that's what I had to do as a kid. And, you know, there's, I think there's some... You tell them, though, it's not real, right? Uh, I, I tell them God is real. Um, okay. And the other stuff, um, I'm, I'm going to let them work it out. As... Okay. As far as I'm concerned, and I, I, I'm of the opinion that you know things like the, uh, the parable of, um, ah, I've forgotten now, <laughs> the Good Samaritan. That's the one I'm thinking of. The Good Samaritan. There you go. <laughs> that, you know, all you need is the golden rule. We don't need fake Jewish gods, Kevin. Mm -hmm. All you need is the golden rule to grow up with some uh, a system, some discipline, to have a cohesive family unit. Uh, you know, impart the best values you can. You don't need a fake Jewish God. Mm. Well, like I say, I, I don't need one um, covered in mats off and uh, <laughs> wants to wants to clip the dicks off little kids. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe that's a maybe that's a tip. That, that's a tell right there. Right. If they don't, you know, maybe worship a god that doesn't want to cut your genitally your, your mutilate penises, you. Yeah, your, your the tip of your penis off uh, a week into your existence here on Earth. Mm. Maybe that's a good a good sign that 
maybe that that's not a good deity. To I can with. I can only imagine the trauma for the right baby. I and, mean, I, I'm cut. I had no choice in the matter, right? Mm. Uh, but I can't. I mean, who who can remember mm. what happened to them when they were a week old? No one has that capacity. Mm. But the, it, it it certainly on some level must affect you. I'm sure it does. Yeah, I have no doubt. Um, the well, the the Muslims do it at a much. Say it's like twelve, thirteen years old. They do it. Oh right? man! Yeah, that's even that's, that's even worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, man, I'm I'm forever grateful for my look. My my father was very anti religion i guess yeah uh, just religion in general um the i don't know it gave me space to sort of uh, choose the bits that i liked and you know the i can't i can't discount there being a superordinate consciousness that i can barely perceive um and not everything's in our books it's what no. I would say, no. um, and the, and evolution doesn't have it all figured out, right? No. There's there's gaps they can't they can't account for the giants. Mm -hmm. Nowhere, mm -hmm. nowhere in the evolutionary uh, table do they have the giants, and we know that they that they were there were giants. Yeah, I mean, um, Cro-Magnon Man. Have you ever have you ever heard of that? That was yeah around yeah. really recent, and you know he was on average like eight foot tall far bigger yeah. brain case than um the du the double double rows of teeth uh, i don't know if they have the double rows of teeth or not but i'm talking uh, about the giants and and there is uh and there's like uh it's it's pretty much global right on all the continents they have they've found skeletal remains and i mean there there are those cone heads some of those are look i can tell you just from uh, cranial anatomy some of those are not not what you would predict with um where they squeeze the head the suture right. lines are, are different and the uh they've got um anunnaki <laughs> i don't i don't know you what they're aliens no I, I, it look if you can have a world in which there were denisovians as well as Cro-Magnons, literally around at the same time, um, it's quite, I, I have no problem thinking that there was more, um, I hate to use the word, let's say heterogeneity in hominid species on, on the planet. And, um, you know, did some of them have uh, these unusual heads and jaw lines right. and uh, maybe, uh, um, or, or did they did they you know flatten them out when they were infants to make them conform the, to that kind of? So they they've done. They know this, uh, or, or what they know is that even if you deform someone's skull, you can't change the internal volume of the brain case. You can shape it differently, right? right. So you can give a sort of cone-like appearance but the true um sort of like peruvian um 
clone heads for one of I don't know what they what they're really called but like that they again they have a much much larger brain case and cranial anatomy than um you would associate with a um homo sapien and the you know there's a lot we don't know and you know the again look at the uh, the megalithic um architecture you see in right south america inexplicable and, yeah inexplicable there's yeah. no there's there's no there's no way there, listen we 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 have no idea what we we don't know what we don't know and there's a whole hell of a lot we don't know there could have been you know man could be much older and that's probably more likely there could have been several ages of man yeah and none of this stuff they have the answers for and they want to pick up history at Sumer, at mm. Ur, mm. Abraham. And we'll just start there. We'll, we'll just start six, 5,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago. And don't worry about what came before. It's not important. No, it's very important. Yeah, I can, I can just tell you from working with primates that um, you don't have a hominid that with this size brain case or it essentially even bigger in some and you you sit around trying to figure out fire for 300,000 years or or crop planting it's that's a tough one for me to wrap my head around it's just too inquisitive too um well I'll say smart, but just the, the the ability to sort of project uh, themselves into the future, to have future goals beyond the sort of immediate. And right. I, I'm, I, I think our current early history has been hijacked very much by right. bullshit. It's total yeah. bullshit. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100. percent 100. You know, I, I'm as we discussed with Paul, which is you know if. If there's a cyclical element to exist or, or life on this planet, on the surface of this planet, which is every 12,000 years, something happens, whether it's the sun, whether it's um, meteor impact, yeah, something, right. something like that is, is happening. And so in 300,000 years, that's a lot of iterations of... Um, these these events to occur and um you know, yeah but... i mean how else can you explain uh go go beckley tepe right why would there be this tremendous underground city mm. why in the world would they construct that twelve thousand years ago well no. because you know maybe there was uh, a, an atmospheric condition where they had to be underground, right? Mm. Or, well, the the, I mean, the site of Gebekli Tepe was deliberately buried, right? So it was functional prior to twelve thousand years ago, and then was buried deliberately twelve thousand right. years ago, and and the again the presumption being. I'm presuming that something catastrophic happened that required yeah. a 
radical rearrangement of people's how they lived and you know that there's like this cave complex in i say it's turkey and it literally goes down hundreds of feet where you know these, these people had this very sophisticated um drainage and ventilation yeah, yeah, and, and, they, and they had air shafts yeah they had shafts they would, they would they would recycle the air yeah and you know <laughs> the the world could have been very very different to how we imagine it and this it's a you know the concept is um uniform uniformitarianism right that people people just get into their minds that it's just a long slow progressive change in any system and um i i think the evidence points in um different directions that it's punctuated by um cataclysm and it could come in many many different forms and the you know i'm i i can't discount all this archaeological evidence for um you know great floods and um, right. potential right. whether it was the sun doing it or whatever um i i'm you don't have to convince me in that instance and this gets down to well have in, in the evolutionary race which is the best um strategy to get past the event horizon and it may be that the the jewish one is just one one of any number of um, facets that you could, or avenues that you could pursue, and it it may it may just be that they they've found a way to get across. I don't know a couple of Torah scrolls, something, right? That they well, can. They've they've maintained uh, a, a continuity. An, an utter ruthlessness, uh, a Machiavellian supremacist, misanthropic toxicity, right? Hashtag no. And, 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 and they have a 3,500 year head start. Mm. Okay. So it, we are where we are. But Kevin, I, I appreciate you, bro. I got to. I got, it's, it's probably uh, getting late it's, for you. I've got to get. Almost 1108. Yeah, PM okay. here. I got to get up earlier. But uh, as always, you're you're a scholar and a gentleman, my friend. That's same it's for always, you, brother. It's always nice joining you. Yeah, and uh, you have a you have a higher level chat, which I certainly appreciate. Well, it's um, you know I'm, I'm I, I want to have a more talk with uh, um ah. <laughs> oh. So I'm I'm tired. <laughs> You're tired as well. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, well, I, 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 the discussion I had with Adam was just it was just me sort of trying to step through the this this trying to bring him up to speed, right? Yeah, and you know, I would, I I want I'd like to have this sort of discussion with him about you know the, what his views about this type of information would be and um, the the role that you know the, the starting points for civilizations etc um I'm, sh I'm sure he's got some interesting takes he, he's so. got the theological backwards and forwards you yeah. know the um 
the 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 texts, the theological texts, and and the the the, the linkages and connecting the dots. You know, he's he's at the he's at the top of top of the field, top of mm. his game there mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll drag Paul in to give him some something to think about with scripture. <laughs> I, I can't do that. Um, but you know, you give me a couple more hours with Paul, and I'll I'll deconvert him. <laughs> I don't think so, bro. Yeah, he'll, he'll he'll give me a couple more hours, and it'll sink in that Christianity is a Jewish psyop. <laughs> I'll take that bet. But all right, dude. Um, you have a pleasant evening. You. And uh, chat. Yeah, speak soon. I'll try and get you a copy to this. Um, Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. All right. Take it easy, bro. Have a good night. All right. Let me see. I hope that was enjoyable for everyone. Yeah, it was surreal talking to Adam, I guess. So thank you, Adam, for turning up. Um, I felt it was just me talking, but uh, I want to say thank you to Mac and Amy. Uh, much, much appreciated. Uh, keep the doc in the fight. And um, please tell us about us. We need your help to grow. Love. I don't know what that means. Um, doc and Bishai are Kangs. I don't know if I'm a Kang. <laughs> a small Kang with a small castle. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm out of here. I will see you. Um, I want to. I might do a stream with Nick and um, uh, Fact, uh, the, the guy who's using ChatGPT to sort of. Um, we did a stream before and he sort of hopped on and he's done another one and he's sort of found some interesting documents about uh, HIV origins and so I might sort of set up to do one of those. I want to stream with Charles um, at some point. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff we need to do. Uh, but I was just very booked up this week so um, I guess that's a good thing. Uh, growing in popularity folks. Alright uh, thank you, thank you, thank you and uh, I will see you in the next one. Maybe tomorrow I'll do um, where's my mouse? Uh, I might do the uh, the Tau paper, wherever that one went. Um, this one, uh, Tau pathological signature in SARS uh, in neurons. Um, all right, I'm definitely out of here. Goodbye. God bless. You don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cappers. I will fucking kill each fucking capper. I swear. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying. Fuck these cappers. No fucking... Vaccine or MRA or ever throws me my fucking blood blood. Never! No. I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage! Fuck these motherfuckers! 
Let's go! 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 Let's go!